listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fate of a Nation, Narm and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming, with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pans as flat to the ground, and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures, both here and on Facebook, and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk, and to shop at Battlefield Hobbies, because through our Lord and Saviour, Hammy, all things are possible even getting rule changes. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Duncan, a vote for me is a vote for T-34s in every driveway, Gosling. Oh, they look really good with shirts on. And Lee, that rust looks so good, I'm going to snap my paintbrushes, Parnell. Hello. Lee, what are we talking about today? Uh, apart from Rusty Sherman's, we are doing... Uh, uh, also, we'll be talking about what we've been up to... Uh, then we'll split off to talk about a bit about Corrivery in a bit more detail because Corrivery and Comet, so am I. That's it, yep. <laughs> and then we're going to do on. We're going to continue last week's um, last call section. Who wore it better? This time be Avanti versus Fighting First. Yep. We'll then be doing Ask Philly Yates, our readers' question section, and then we'll round up the usual events and coming ups in the end of the, at the end of the show. Awesome source. Who's actually played awesome. some game? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, well, you have technically. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, our games fell through, but the snow and stuff. Um, yeah, I know. Snow in the southeast. I mean, what's that all about? Terrible. Apocalypse. I know. It's like you know, a few snowflakes, the entire transport system shuts down. So. I know. I thought we voted against this kind of European weather. Yeah, I, I, actually, what? I'll say now. Sorry, Fez's game comes. Mine didn't. I, I did play Simon um, Ooh. in Ooh. Paper Nation. Oh. I, I cancelled my game because if Flames of War has taught me anything, it's that I shouldn't trust my ability to pass a cross check <laughs> Volkswagen Golf. Yes. That's definitely a cross five, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's going to be oh, definitely. five up in snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I played um, Simon in Fate of a Nation with obviously my Israelis versus his Egyptians. Oh, it's um, Egyptians. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, it was not one of those slugfests where I managed to neutralise his saggers to start off with, but it just, again, it got down to my ability to pass rolls on the, mm. while I was getting while the casualties started mounting up. What, yeah, sort so, of, uh, what sort of Egyptians did he have uh, in, in his list? Were they so, he, so he was rolling T62s with BMP ones, and obviously the BMP ones are kicking Ooh. out saggers as well. Plus the Sagas in the infantry, yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very misleading game. But I had my priests um, try and put some smoke down. And I just think I didn't I just didn't really drop smoke. I tried doing HE again. That's what, I think it's one of those things. I just need alert. Tr- no, first turn, drop smoke, close up, get within that sixteen-inch okay. bubble that the um, Sagas have because they obviously have that a bit longer than the modern systems. Only have eight-inch keyboards. Yeah. So if I can get in under, under the actual sort of um, the envelope or something, yeah, yeah. then it's really my, mine to have. But once again, he did try and do the old um, move, charge his RPG into Simon McGack, which not, last couple of games he's done, he's done that and killed the McGack. This time it bounced off, so I just sort of, or missed. So I should go, ha ha! I mean, still dying anyway from something else, but... <laughs> more victory. And more victory, yeah. This, this time he could like those supposedly slow-firing RPGs. How did um how did it feel playing the M- the BMP ones? Because obviously we've you've not well, Eddie and I both don't have uh, anything that more well that high end. That's new. Yeah, that's yeah. It was um, 
Hard to say, because I, mean, I, I think I got a bit caught up trying to kill them, when really we didn't do much. Um, so what it was, I'm trying to remember what the mission was, I want to say it was Breakthrough, and I was defending because I lost a roll-off, which is quite frustrating, because obviously the Israelis don't do accurate defence. Um, I had my infantry in a town, which he managed to annoyingly roll, um, range his hells on the third attempt. So after every turn, it was just like, get that dreaded re-roll your saves business. And he had six of them, so he's re-rolling, yeah. re-rolling misses six. as well. Yeah. Jesus. He went heavy on the hails. And Whew. once again, one of his fingers goes, why did I sit there getting hit by artillery? I should have just fell, but you know, better turn moving out. I, mean, I, could always, yeah. I, could, I could have done that and still had guys on the objective. Force him to re-range and possibly fail it. Fail it. Well, I could never dedicate OP or anything. So it's like, it's, I will say the new artillery rules do force you to actually do things properly and not just sit there taking artillery. Because you, yeah, you, just, you just don't do that in reality. I mean, obviously, occasionally it comes up, obviously, like Battle of the Bulge and that, but not generally you fall back, wait for the, then fall back, you know, forward to where you need to fight when right at the yeah. last minute. So his, um, his damn 57s took out my, my tow jeeps in the first salvo fire. You may need sevens to hit. What? <laughs> I know. It was just like, oh, he killed two. The third one ran away. It's a bit like what happened versus um, Duncan, but yeah, I didn't actually yeah. get to shoot. And then, <laughs> then after that, he, he sort of swung around and hit them, them and the BRDMs harassed the priests. And the priests kept, thankfully, every turn managed to blitz. So they get their ranged in mark. And they keep putting the fire down, the saggers. <laughs> um, BMPs, like I say, they were a threat. And my Bagaks tried to kill them, but I just couldn't roll hits for Toffee. And when I did, I was only bailing him. I don't know, I've never rolled so many ones for play firepower checks. Yeah, because well, they're think, too up, aren't they? The mechanics. Yeah. yeah. I think while I was doing it, what was actually working more was the M113s so with their 50 cows were doing more effective at killing BMPs. It was like... Because <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously my M113s are the king of my, my um, Israeli army, as Duncan will attest to. I, I hate those things. They need to just, yeah, burn in a fire somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Bane so, of my existence. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I kept the pressure on, but I just basically ran out of army. I think it's fair to say. Same as then I was saying, yeah, yeah, I did really well, except I died. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was all going really well up until the point when I lost. Exactly. Yeah, I've had lots of games like that. Oh, this yeah. is going really well. This is uh, going really. Hard. Uh, do you do you think the um, tow jeeps? Just one thing. Sorry, are they the martyrs of the uh, sort of fate of a nation period? Because they feel like it, they feel really spun, like really brittle. No, but Marders always seem to do something. Was my toe cheeks? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, feel like, they are the reasons like I like my Migs. Yeah, I, I don't. Know, I, I think I, every time I use them so far, I've been. It's been a mission where they've been too close to the enemy. Right. My my plan with them is always sit the back and use that forty eight inch range to the maximum to keep them out of retaliatory fire, basically, apart from artillery. Yeah. And so far, we're going to play. They've always been too close to the enemy to really be able to do that. So I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to write them off yet because it still, it still gives me more anti-tank shots for the cost of like one Magak. But um, yeah, have, it have been a great return investment. It's a shame because I really like the model. It's a really nice model. I really, they they came top trumps in a game against um, Dave at the uh, the game Guildford Games Club. Mm-hmm. Just. Fighting against the um, my more modern tanks, just oh, just couldn't hit them in return. 
and he got one of his barrages off. And I even, I even got the aeroplanes in, and I was like, "Yes, this is it!" and just fluffed my dice. Mm-hmm. Oh. But they just—they make—they really—they really hurt you when they when they when they work. They work very well. Yeah, I th- I think they're just one of those things you just have to sort out. You have to deal with them. They're not they're not terribly difficult to deal with as long as you've got the right tools. But you you do you have, have to make to. sure they're dead. You, you can't do, you can't, you can't ignore them. them. Can't ignore yeah. them. They are that effective that if you ignore them, you're just asking for a word of pain. Yep. Unless you've got 64 million T-34 85s. Well, yeah, at that point. And then you just laugh. Well, you, you laugh and then realise you don't get any games anymore. They are certain. Yeah. But, um, yeah, apart from that, all I'm doing is painting these um, Russian infantry. So. They are looking very pretty. Just, uh, just to... Just just doing a um, bit of non-oil gloss, do a bit of um, washing on at the moment. That sounds really rude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to get, get a bit of matte varnish on them, and then it's basically. Oh. Bit of matte. Oh. Co- Covered with a bit of uh, sticky white matte. <laughs> oh. oh God. Oh. <laughs> oh too- We've had quite a lot of Russian action actually recently because Mark's just doing his stuff. Um, we got um. You, you, you're doing your stuff, and uh, as Martin got some as well on the go. Yeah, so yeah, me and Martin basically got a care package from Battlefront. So I got Storm Company, and Martin got the Rifle Company. Got shafted, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, this, but more. And so this yeah. Was, oh, so it's my first run with the new, that new um, flexible plastic. Oh, okay, yep. And it's the actual models. Are quite nice. Uh, you know, a lot better than the British ones were from, from Mark's original. Oh, way, way back, yeah. Yeah. So the faces have got some definition. The actual detail is really nice. The webbing's really well captured, as are the small arms. My only pet hate with it is A, it really doesn't work with the PTRDs. Let's get this big, long, bendy. All the PTRDs yeah. are suffering from performance anxiety, it's fair to say. <laughs> oh, dear, um, are they? Yeah. Oh, and, no. Like, um, and also, if you get a mould line, it's an absolute nightmare to try and clear mould lines off. Because it's un- unlike plastic, we can kind of scrape it, or metal, oh, we can find it. it. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything. It's, just like, it's really hard to try and get a satisfactory clean on it. Is, is that What was that tool that Games Workshop brought out, and everyone laughed at it, and then realised it was actually really it's a tool. unique tool? Yeah, scraper. Yeah. I mean, me to get one for ages, but yeah. I might, got, that that might be the answer, I guess. But I, I think so. Because right now I'm just trying to use like um, you know, a proper medical scalpel with a fresh blade, and that seemed. Yeah. And I ended up trying to basically carve the mold line away, and that seemed to work the best. But you okay. always run the risk of just losing a bit of detail. I'm not careful. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I, I think it's it's come a long way. It's. I think I still prefer hard plastic, but compared to metal figures, where you spend half the time trying to clear flash up and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'll take I'll take it over the metal figures. That's for sure. Boy, yeah. even worse if uh, you get one of the older molds and it's knackered and uh, you know, with this, oh, this weird blob of yeah. I don't I don't know what that was, but Chug friend. Yeah. I don't because know what you that think is. Because it's just like end up like it's like guys just had yeah. half his face wiped away. It's like <laughs> <laughs> pouring with blood. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bloke. Yeah, so that's me, um, Duncan. What you been up to? I've been I've been painting some things. I'm actually painting right now as we speak. I'm multitasking. Are we, are we all painting or do podcasts? We try. Oh, oh I'm, wow! I'm, are we? I wish I was. Are you not? Yeah, okay. oh. I'm well, fully engaged I, to give our listeners the best quality product they could, you know, can possibly not pay for. Yeah. <laughs> High hey, end. I'll start paying attention when they start paying for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I've, I'm painting my um, my uh, Death Reich. Very. Um, yeah, they, they're going to... Uh, well, there was a threat of a game that was mentioned, so I thought, well, I better pull my finger out and actually get something on the table. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Martin's offered me a game against his Soviets, and I think Lee has as well. So that'll yep. be nice. In May, in March. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I've put them together. I, I'm very frustrating this week. Went to, I got everything done. Got a window of weather to actually spray and undercoat everything. I thought, oh, yeah, at least I'm, you know, the, the basics are done now. I can just crack on whenever I want. Count out the number of models I had. I was like, mm, I'm fairly sure I need seven T-34s. Why are there only six here? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, had to, I had to hurriedly throw one together last week. But, um, yeah, I'm going for a mix of uh, camouflage, uh, non-camouflage, and uh, green. Um, so as in they've just nicked nick them fresh straight off, off and then fresh, fresh off the um yeah fresh, yeah. fresh off the street fresh, exactly so we've got some that have been uh captured and, and reworked and all this kind of stuff and then other ones that are just um i guess just yeah captured and with um dunkle gelb shirts and slaps the side nice. so i'm quite i'm quite uh, liking the hodgepodge look um even more so and uh yeah the battlefront article actually was exceptional really good i uh, had a good to read through that and it kind of inspired me as well to pull my finger out so um yeah, they, yeah, they really went to town didn't they they had like the stairs yeah. bins on the back is that is that such a yeah. thing yeah it is i, I do you know oh, what? Right. I, did, I actually went through and i went this is all uh, no offense to anyone about front but i went this is all rubbish did a bit of googling around went did you need to shut up gosling <laughs> this is <laughs> um yeah if you go if you look at um like what's the famous is it something the russian website but there is a russian website which does just german captured kit and you can sort of scroll through images that, that everyone's sort of collaborated on and there are actually some on there and i couldn't believe there's actually one with um with shirts and the, the turret shirts and welded to the top of it that I, that I have seen before yes yeah i was like this is incredible so whoever researched that article top top marks because they, they obviously went to town on that because like that I, I yeah i actually pulled out some bits and pieces i had and i, I had none, no idea on some of that stuff so i, I nicked it i nicked it i did um <laughs> so yeah that, the form, the, something form of flattery yeah for something something uh something yeah because you were so upset when sarkis appeared because you've been working your way on this ready, ready to do yeah. breakthrough it's like oh the bugger stole my funder it's like oh no actually got some reconstruction <laughs> That's it. That was the only thing. I was a little bit like, oh no, there's no article here. Oh, and then I thought, oh, actually, do you know what? Maybe just, yeah. maybe just get back in your box because uh, it's quite good. Um, <laughs> so, oh, the other thing that's been preoccupying me a lot recently is uh, Italians. So um, I know this is something that Ben talked about ages ago when we were on the, the podcast about doing um, stuff for Italy based on possibly the Ghost Panzer release. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking back through that. Um, it actually correlates pretty well. So I've got some Hermann Goering stuff that I'm going to be writing about on on the blog, um, yeah. and also using our favourite uh, weapon of proxy. So things like doing a boot stug um, formation for Italy using captured Semaventi 76 34s and and 105 26 and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's really cool, and because oh, the yeah. uh, because the late war a, a British Italian list to go up against it, them, bring Germans. It's not it's not as far an analog as you as you actually think. Weirdly, because of the the sort of second rate kit that they sometimes yeah. got in Italy, like we still got Panzer threes and stuff like that running around in 1944, and and um, you know they did cool stuff like they actually mounted concertina wire on them and stuff, so they had almost instant um, fortification developments with the Shermans. Yeah. 
had they had the British, do you know if they've upgraded by the time we got to Italy? To the Sherman Five? Yeah. Well, so Sherman Five is, mm. yeah, when they get to mainland Europe, and certainly towards the um, Anzio breakout, Battle of Rome. Yeah. Because yeah. I was looking at stuff, like I started looking at the um, the Italian, the, well, the Hermagorian company for uh, Sicily. And Sicily's actually weirdly like out of step with the rest of the Italian campaign because it almost be, feels like the last bit of Africa. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, I would expect that the changeover occurs after Husky and onto the actual, you know, landing around the main, you know, when the Germans give up because the Germans basically give up the whole of southern Italy, don't they? Yes. Yeah. They go, this isn't worth, well, not not worth defending. We can't, we can't possibly hold this. So right off we go. And I think it, it delayed. Um, the actual invasion and therefore you get some of the other kit coming through but i could be wrong i'm not great on allied kit but um yeah i know that they changed from the yellow uh, markings on the shermans and stuff to the white during that period as well yeah okay but yeah so i've been thinking a bit about that because it's just something nice to do again a ghost panzer like i said it's not too far off and there's some cool stuff you can do in terms of proxying yeah um so i've, I've worked my way through that i think i can do from is it Barker's or Baker's Fire Brigade box because I picked Bakes, one of those up. Bakes, Bakes that's it. Um, I can do Bake a, a lot. Bake Off, great uh, German great, Bake Off, great Italian Bake Off. Yeah, <laughs> lot of uh, a lot of apple strudel. Um, <laughs> they, uh, it's quite a good box. A, it's quite a good box because it gives you a bit of variety. But B, um, you know, I think you can almost get. A, a, I think it's about eighty points. I don't think it's quite a hundred points you can get out of the box set. So um, I've just been doing a bit of mental reading around that doing a bit of research having a look at what can and can't fit it's been quite interesting actually because Italy's one of those things that are kind of passed by me in v3 um yeah. And, yeah, the, and, it, yeah. Italy books came out quite late in the life cycle of version three yeah they, shame, they, they were such nice books they were, I mean they were by far my favorite version three books late war books oh they're, they're amazing I've got I picked up the road uh, not road to Rome what's the uh, German one uh, but, 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 but I can't remember uh, what it's called now. It's Fortress Italy. It's Fortress Italy, yeah. Yeah, really, really nice book. So I still picked it up, even though it's a V3 book, just because it, it's it's got some excellent content in there. Yeah, um, until 2023, until we get a new Italian book, probably. So. Yeah, but I still think, I actually, going back to the thing when, you know, we've been talking about before about what's actually missing, I don't actually think there's anything missing from it, no, really. So I, I think when when this we need to see what what's actually in it. But when this new um, late war book comes up to obviously put it onto the hundred point system, they say it's basically oh it's all the mid war stuff for late war, yeah. And that's actually yeah for doing certainly doing Italy up to the fall of Rome. That's yeah that's, that's that is Italy. What's on yeah. yeah. I mean yes when you get down to it, it's lots of like it's lots of eccentric eccentric little units. Um, but in terms of kit, the kits you no, know, there's nothing really or something Allies side. Apart from the stag hounds, I can't think of much kit that isn't standard, as it were. No, it's it's a very it's actually very interesting as well reading around what happened because I mean, you know, um, it was a long prolonged siege in essence, but yeah. there was a lot of you know um, interesting fighting that was going on. You've obviously got the stuff around Cassine. I think that we're obviously going to be missing Paris, so the German Fortune yeah. Jaeger. But yeah. then I was reading a, a really interesting article that someone had written there about saying, you know, are we really missing them? Uh, you know, can you not just use the things like the SS card to create an analog? I think the thing you miss out is obviously the fact that Falschmega generally had those bigger platoons, which were always yeah. quite nice. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. in terms of stat-wise, it's like yeah, just use the SS card. So just so stuff like that. Do, 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 the, the Allies have, 
the British have an allied command culture given like fearless? Yeah, you, you need uh, to get the British Paris, really. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they, they do it. You use a Molotov card to do like um, gammon bombs, basically. Yeah. So well, it's a question whether you can get like a fearless card to make a fearless veteran. I have to look into that. But yeah, it's very if you guys want it in, um I'm having I'm a look through. Really. So yeah, I'll have I'll I'll have um the, the Herman Goering. I I may or may not have spoken to our uh good friend Adam at Dice of War, the Dice Baron himself. <laughs> um so I may <laughs> mm, it's always a bad sign when you go, mm, Dice, do I need dice? hitting by it now um so yeah that's that's kind of really what i've been doing i haven't been playing a lot of games recently um not through one of trying but just yeah just hasn't fallen through i've been working away quite a bit so Mm. getting back to brighton in an evening's not been that easy yeah i've always italy italy does sound interesting i'm always up i've got enough random hodgepodge british late war blisters or not even late war blisters, just equipment blisters knocking around. It'd be quite fun to do a mid war list. Well, your Yanks will probably do it as well, won't they? Like I say your mid war Yanks will work. Mid war Yanks will be fine because yeah. you've got quite Sherman heavy and um, M10. They've been designated, so yeah, so it's big, it's fine. And yellow stars. I mean, you yeah, could just do a you know British army. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. To be honest, yeah. I have, I've you know those little open fire two tank boxes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three. British of those fell out of me earlier when I was. Pardon? Three, fell out of you? <laughs> three. They fell, they fell Worst out of me ever. <laughs> you smuggling them? Yeah, Just... no. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like I say, part of the uh, part of the models I Fez forgot he had. Um, ah, the great Fez uh, forgot he had box. Yeah, or room, as it seems. <laughs> what what are they then? What Shermans and stuff or? Yeah, they're the generic um, late war Sherman sprue. Oh, yeah, that probably do work. That'll probably work. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So just obviously do as normal seventy-five mils as opposed to. What your yeah. Churchills? Your Churchills are probably not the right. They're Churchill. Um... They are a mix, and I do have a couple left on the sprue, so I could mess up some nice Churchill action well that's what I'm going to try because I've got about three boxes of Churchill's and we don't even think with so I'll just do them as Churchill fours yeah uh, and hey we're laughing okay telling campaign so we'll yeah. throw this onto the pile as well as the um, the mid-war uh, German consolidated DAC book right Lee yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that sounds great <laughs> but, uh, my, 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 well, this is, I'm not buying new models right so it's just it's just taken from that massive painting pile I've got trying exactly to repurposing it's a direction yes yeah and do you know what actually I'm quite enjoying the idea of the thought process of looking at something like Ghost Panzer and going well, what can I use this for and using like you know the, the Semaventis as Stugs because they're basically a 75mm gun in a in a chassis so yeah I mean it's just I quite like that now just looking at stuff and going what can we use this for it was, it was fun doing the um, the Marines in mid-war with yeah them. And, and it's, it's you're like, oh, that, that does actually work. Yeah, it, it's kind of well, yeah. it's kind of like that community content type. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about the um, unofficial official lists and things. Oh, you've got to save that. Save that for later. I know. I know I'm just saying, I'm just teasing it. I'm teasing it. We're going to cover that later. Affiliate but... your flames yeah. in the art section. But um, it's that kind of thing of just, it's the same principle of looking at it and going, right, how, how, do, I, how do I recreate something, you know, and, um, you know, it's just quite cool. 
just, just reading around a, a different theatre, like I said, like I've never really got involved in the Italian stuff when it came out the first time. I and mean, you get the Austrian units down there, like the Hockendorf Master <laughs> units and stuff. So, I mean, I'm hacky not love that. I mean, honestly. <laughs> so that, that's broadening me, though, to be honest. Um, in between doing our other favourite thing of just buying stuff in the absence of playing games, going looking at it going, hmm. So I, I, there was a post on one of the Facebook groups I just saw. It says, uh, buying models and painting and building models are two separate hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yes. I, um, I actually realised I did play a game at Ooh. Dice Saloon. Um, I went back oh, yeah, and played Dylan. I did my prep yeah. game, didn't I, with my you so this is pre-Carivery prep game against um, Dylan and his Germans, uh, where I realised that comets are probably worth the points. <laughs> it, Talk yourself into it. it. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a good lead into the Carivery in comets section. But the, the, the comets, you have to forget everything you think you know about playing Allied Armour, because you, for once you actually have a decent gun in all your tanks. Yeah, you have a proper... Full potato gun, don't you? you That's half potato gun, and it was like, oh, I've ambushed four comets, and they're going to drive across the battlefield and get into these trees and flank your king tiger. And instead of being like, oh, if they hit it, they might kill it. It's like if they hit it, it's probably dead. Because it's side so, so, armor eighteen, sorry, eight versus an AT fourteen gun. Yeah, it's normally when you're sitting there going, I've hit it. Yes, roll a one, roll a run. Roll yeah, a yeah, one. exactly. It's like. It's like no, it's now like, oh, I've hit it. I've just turned it inside out. Yes. Um, in that particular instance, all four comets failed their cross-check. Oh. <laughs> you still shoot, right? Oh, I suppose it depends how you got... Yeah, yeah. And sat in the wood in the front armour of the tiger <laughs> okay. in front of two panthers and five panzer fours. Yeah, that's not going to end well. Yeah. Um, although at that point, one of the, one of the comets went, oh, I might as well do something, and shot at the panther at range... In it, in it, no, not at range, sorry. Shot the panther that was at close range in yep. woods, hit it, and probably set it on fire. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. You can, it, of course, it's it's an AT-14 gun. It's only front armor 10. Only front armor 10. Yeah. You know, you just, you're just constantly surprising yourself that these tanks are extremely capable. I suppose it's like playing lots of fireflies. Or, you know, I used to, um, good friend it of mine... Is, played uh, Polish in late war with uh, Lee and he played the bit where you, they've all got, you know, platoons of fireflies, whereas the British usually have one per platoon. Yeah. And but it's just it's, that it's a firefly inside a comet, sorry, a, a Cromwell. A Cromwell, yeah. The fast tank, but with a oh, semi, semi-decent front armour. Um, yeah, you just got to kind of bear in mind that they are really good but at the same time, every loss really hurts you because they are so expensive points-wise. Yeah, we talked about that last time, didn't we? They're, aren't they like 430 points or something? Old money. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Using the uh, the Armies of Late War book and the old school points. I think four of them were 580 or something. Gee, Christmas. But they're yeah. all worth it. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the manoeuvrability... Um... You're saying I'll that they're appropriately what? pointed... Yeah, with so in version three, oh, I disagree. But thinking about oh, version four with the whole you know movement orders and stuff like that, and tactical moves and that kind of thing. Yeah, I would probably get. I'd probably say yeah. Maybe this is what makes Comet. Yeah, being able well, to blitz 
back uh, four inches to go right. Now I'm outside of 16. I've got two shots at semi-indirect. You know, you were sitting there at 16 in- 15 inches away. I back at long range, two shots, semi-indirect fire. I've hit you once. I've turned you inside out. They're really... And then, and then also, later on in, in, in Car Ivory, um, I had my reserves come on the wrong flank. Yeah. So I just, just cross-country dashed the whole yeah. 28 I, inches. Yeah, but see, I bet that's pretty impressive on the comments. Plus a follow me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they weren't on the wrong flank. They were exactly where they needed to be. You did that to me, didn't you, Eddie? And it was, it was quite startling, actually, because I thought, I've got this. There's one isolated infantry platoon here. I'm going to gang up on it and I'll just murder it. And the next thing you know, there's like five comments looking angrily down at you going, <laughs> yes. Yep. Nope. They couldn't fire that turn, but it's just the speed at which they reposition. You're like, Jesus, I've got to do something about that now. And then you're right. They're not the easiest thing to get rid of. They're that annoying armor. Yes. Where, um, yeah, long range, especially at long range, the Panzer four just doesn't, mm. doesn't do it. No. Oh, yeah. It's good fun. Good, good. What did what did Dylan take there? Was it quite a high end German kit then? Was it? It Panthers? was a hodgepodge mix. It was a very it was um, okay. desperate desperate pleasures, des- yeah, desperate pleasures. Oh. <laughs> so it was a fantastic mix of Panthers, Panzer fours, King Tiger, the little um, recce platoon with the pack forty on it. Oh, the yeah, the two thirty whatever it is two thirty four or something, isn't it? And then. Uh, um, a mechanized grenadier, Panzer grenadier platoon, which oh, was nice. Because um, he made the, the mobility of those. We played, we rolled up a counter attack, and I actually chose, I won the dice roll to attack, and I said, actually, I want to try and defend because I've never defended. I've played lots of counter attack where I'm the attacker. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'll do in that case. I want to try and defend. And it was, it was rightfully quite tricky to. To defend with, yeah. Well, I instead of going for the objective, I should have tried to block the middle of the board and limited his dash. Mm. Um, I mean, there was a, a row of buildings right in the middle of the board where, had I got in there with my little motor platoon with their pier, that would have really could locked down the center of the board and forced his Panzer Grenadiers to deal with them. Otherwise, they'd be sitting there threatening his Tigers and always his pan, uh, Panthers that were kind of coming around. I always found counter attack quite hard to be defender in. Yes. It always, it always seems like the odds are stacked against you as defender in that mission. They are, but you've got six turns. You've got a good chance of getting some reserves in. Yeah. And especially with the um, the speed of the comets. You know, I've, I've extremely mobile army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, you've got motor infantry, so all might than the M5s and that kind of thing. Yeah. Even though they're not that actually slowed them down. <laughs> did you um? Really? Did you take your uh? What are they called? Art, not archers. The, the M10s oh, yeah, with the Achilles. Sorry, thank no, you. I wrote the list. So what? Okay. So what I ended up doing. Um, so for Carivery, um, you get to take uh, two lists. You have a core list and a list, and you have 500 points that you can swap over to um to that list to take a B list um, because you are playing all of the missions. And you are um, potentially doing a city fight as well. Ooh. Uh, yes, that was interesting. Um, so for my main A list, I had uh, two platoons of four comets. So there's eight comets there. I had the one IC, so that's nine comets in total. 
three um, Stuarts, who are also a core for formation platoon, uh, and also have Scout and Spearhead. Mm. So that's four yeah, platoons. Um, in support of those on my normal list, I then took um, a motor company, which was four uh, MG stands, Piat light mortar, um, and half tracks, and four 25 pounders with an observer. I, I do like the inclusion because when you played me, you didn't have the 25 pounders. No, I do think there. Yeah. yeah. So I got those built up and painted, and um, yeah, the, the, the long range. 25 pounders were, were were pretty good um there was there was one game where i ended up really wishing i had taken priests um because they pinned in the first turn and then didn't unpin for six turns by which point they all died yeah that's the that's why they're cheaper i don't know how much priests would have been but there would have been there were a lot more but yeah more. The, the the fact that you're always if they're alive going to get a bombardment in is really worth it but at the same time it's an expensive list um yeah you gotta make a compromise somewhere i guess yeah and then for the swap over on that um for the 500 points i dropped a comet from all the from both platoons so i had one ic and then two platoons of three um i dropped the motor company and i added two churchill crocodiles yeah and then three um reconnaissance universal carriers so I really had the ability to to spearhead up and get well up in people's faces. That's just a lot of MGs as well, isn't it? They're like what three dice that each. That was the plan that the MGs oh. that they would that basically the comets, sorry, the crocodiles and the um, universal carriers would recce forward on their own. Um, in reality, I probably would have been better off putting them with the Stuarts. Um, just getting a lot of dice. Getting a lot of dice because of the way that. The forward firing flamethrower works, and they only have one. They have one MG each, the the Crocs. So if okay. you, you know, if you think about, it, you're closing within six inches to use your flamethrower. At which point, yeah. infantry are gonna if if they unpin, are gonna be able gonna to come out and yeah. assault and without you firing as well. Well, you, you'll be able well, to fire that turn if they move and then assault. Because um, you're not within four of the building. Oh, is it four? Sorry, I thought it was it's six. Four, it's four to assault to counteract the, the, the defensive fire. Yeah. Um, but you won't be able to... Normally, if they're clever, they'll get around the flanks and then you won't be able to use your flamethrower because that's forward firing because it's a whole-mounted projectile thing. Yep. So you're actually only rocking six shots from your two machine guns. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's the fact that you have to break off because you're a flame tank. Yep. It all gets a bit messy. So having enough sitting behind it to just say no, no thanks. Here's a butt ton of MGs. Yeah. Uh, would have been tasty. Um, so were you planning on using like the universal carriers then, like almost like escort carriers for the church? Yes. Yeah, they were right, going to okay. sneak around just within eight, just to give enough of a machine gun cover. Um, so I like they- it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, I should have, should have really put the Stuarts into that. But then again, to be honest, I should have just done it with um, three crocodiles instead of the two. Because um, on two of my games, one of the crocs got killed or bailed. Yeah. And the other one ran away. And it's it's just, ugh. Having well, they got two killed. Two there, they would have, sorry? They got killed. They're on the like, front armor, th- like, 
bonkers. Well, though. 13, but you've got to get within six to use your flamer. So when you're that close, Jesus. you can tact and, and um, not having any part outside the front hitting side armor means that you're getting up to guns and your guns have got a four inch move. Oh, and they're, they're actually skirm, skirm yeah, around the corner. Ta- and... Yeah, tactically moving and running forward and, and you know, you can kind of back up and minimize it the best you can. But I got one lucky shot in the side armor with a, a Zis, I think it's this Zis 3, the one that can bombard as well. Yeah, it's Zis 3. Yeah, and then he bailed, didn't remount, and the other guy ran away. Um, the same the same happened against, a, ironically, against a Brit Parrow with a flamethrower. I rolled a one <laughs> <with a> armor <laughs> save. Literally fighting fire with fire from my. <laughs> uh, I rolled a one from the uh, the armor save, which bailed him. He didn't remount, and then he ran away. And I was like, oh, so having. Yeah. I, I need to find a blister to get the third because I think <laughs> three, three of them would be yep. unstoppable. See, I still have this theory, like when I was playing Warhammer Fantasy Battles as well. If something didn't work, what you needed was more of it. And they that, that do, always fixed the do problem. Work. At one point, I there were three stands, sorry, two stands in a building in the city fight game I had. And yeah. one crocodile went over there and just went, oh, hi, and flamed in through a window. Yeah. Scored 17 hits. Which he could re-roll his saves on. As you cackled wildly from the other side of the oh, table. Oh, beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, so we were playing the, the mid-war city fight um, the boulevard mission with all the board is rubble all of the buildings are you know full on mid-war buildings so they have rooms that ignore vertical height basically mm-hmm. but if you artillery bombard you bombard the room and ignore everything outside or you bombard yeah. outside and ignore everything inside and if you're a brutal weapon when you hit a building you roll a d6 for every hit and add that many hits to that original hit too many okay yeah and it was just beautiful. Uh, my two crocodiles literally sat in an alleyway next to the objective and went, okay, um, well, you have to... Tanks can't get into my side armour because I'm between two buildings. So you you can't hurt my front armour of 13 because you're Soviets. Um, the only thing you can do is is assault me. And he ran into the building next to me because he didn't have the range to get in there in turn one. Flamethrowered it, pinned the platoon. The platoon was pinned for five turns. And then it was just um, just ranging in the twenty five pounders on the different buildings. As, <laughs> and as, you get like, a chill. He ran the infantry across the board, across the board, heading towards this building to get into the other end of the building, the other end of the building to a room. So before he actually got in it, I just ranged in on that room. <laughs> I went, go on then, run in there, tell you, see what happens. That's brilliant. He was like, oh, I don't really want to do that because. <laughs> Repeat bombarding straight away. <laughs> so, without spoiling, you know your post too much. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, you're not going to go game by game. What, yeah. what what were the sort of big pullouts then? What were the winners oh, and the losers big, from the weekend? The um, hate infantry armies. Uh, don't hate them. Uh, version obviously it was the last hurrah of version three. So you had. Oh, some... you mean the version three books, right? Yeah, not, exactly. Not the rules, right? I, okay. I, yeah, yeah, the version three lists. So you had some of the weird, the weird and wonderful things came out for one last time, and I can't say they're going to be missed. <laughs> um, you had the usual. Um, I played a game against Brit 
uh, a massive mass Brit para formation with its. I think he had sixteen six pound no twelve six pounder guns. Oh wow! How many? Twelve. Um, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven. you can take, you can take twelve easily. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, two two lots of four, and then another two on their own, and then he but basically just sat there, and it was like, okay, I've got to go blunt myself on your attack, and then you run up and claim the objective. Yeah, uh, that's, unfortunately, because they changed how used to be a case you'd always attack at night, but now they, they changed the way night attack works. I imagine yeah, they even do a paralysis these days, just sit there. It's a bit of a shame. Well, that was yeah, that was always still. I mean, it was either run there with some night attacking rules. Mm-hmm. You see, it's it's just armies that are too one way or the other kind of ruin blunt the fun. I think you have to be very careful with those those sort of armies, though, because I mean, aren't there? There's some. I think there's two two scenarios now where the defender can't actually win by taking an objective. Yeah, but so they have always... to break. They have to break their so opponent. fast infantry. So those massive blobs of infantry are just horrendous because you just get swarmed. You know, you get you get within sixteen inches, and at that point, you're like, oh crap, he's he's you know moving eight. It, it, you, you just end up being enveloped by by bodies, which mm. I suppose is a way of doing it, but it just makes for a weird game. So they were actually quite aggressive then with those infantry lists rather than just sitting there, or were they? No, they can't. They, they basically waited until you got close enough because you have to get close to be able to shoot them. Right. And then, um, because you obviously had a small elite units, they were very fragile to getting round to one side so that you can't offensive fire through your own tanks. Right. Okay. And getting in that way. Because you can't put enough MG fire out because there's not. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, the so the event as a whole, um, Carivery, it was fantastic. Everyone played um, in in a, a, a great mood. Really, there was lots of, of fun games going on. Um, the the list tables building, nice. Oh, always great. Hammy yeah. and Nobby really put on fantastic tables. Yeah, they look really good. I mean, the pictures I saw. We uh, we played the uh, the factory mission. Um, but they, Homer said he wanted to play the factory mission. I took the scenery that had been donated to us by Battlefront up with us, all those red brick factory buildings. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to have eight rooms in the middle, and I just put eight factory buildings together into a, just this massive. Well, like a complex. Com- massive complex. Jeez. Um, that played some good games. That you know, um, but yeah, it was, it was good games. Good, good five games. Did um, ended up spoiler alert midfield. Um, had some big wins and some big losses, uh, mainly due to cross checks. It was, it was, you know, I think I had the right amount of aggression with them, um, but one of the, the one of the games I just well got unlucky with the uh, the side fire into the the Churchills because once they if they hadn't happened that turn, the crocodiles would have been in the back line of the gun lines just chewing through. Um, I suppose there's not a lot to stop them at that point. Then, no, well, there. they couldn't really. Yeah, it, once they're in the back line and start chewing through, that means that the comets have got enough. Um, it was against uh, Graham Wilmot, who basically had four foot of Russian guns. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the entire four ball. Foot. Yeah, minus the amount that he had minefields for and, and, and <laughs> the buildings, but the rest was was 
side by side. I think he had something like 16. That's quite a sight, I imagine. It was. It was terrifying until <laughs> until I realised he couldn't hurt the front armour of my Crocs and just drove up. Not <laughs> setting things on fire. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, once the crocodiles went, I kind of lost my... He then had the perfect scissors to my paper. Um, but as always, fun game. Um, the, yeah, so five games. Fantastic. Uh, really great venue, as always. Well done, Hammy. Nicely run. Um, obviously, he's, he's used to running... Uh, I think there was about 30 people there, so 15 tables. Mm-hmm. And we played all the new the new missions that have just come out. The more... The even more missions. Well, I bypassed that. Um, I played dogfight. Yeah, that's what the new ones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It right. He, uh, yeah, it went okay. I think it, Hammy also being considerate. Hammy also put out like a a alternative mission. If nobody, if both players, you weren't forced. Yeah, yeah. Both players didn't really want to play the new missions. They could swap out. That's good. Uh, and it's it's the weird, the weird, almost bipolarness that is rivalry and that it's intense competition, but with every variable you can think of. Yeah, with all the bonkers. Yeah. So you end up with some just weird games happening. Um, but it's fun. No, it's really, really good fun. I recommend anyone who fancies a weekend of uh, of Flames of War um, to hit it up next year. Uh, the, the venue's fantastic. It's got a fantastic shop, fantastic stock. Um, and, and it's just a, a really good five games uh, against some of the best players in the country, really. Could, could I ask one question, Eddie? Of course. Was it sanctioned or unsanctioned fun? It um, it was sanctioned fun with some embargoes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for example, so um, it, we we had things. It's Hammy Hammy does very well at kind of balancing things out. So we were playing. Version uh, four rules with version three lists. Yeah. And instead of having the square minefields that version three should have, he then said, okay, we'll do version four circular minefields, but you get an additional one to make up the frontage because they're not as. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Normally have three minefields, you get four. Right. Um, you know, it's stuff like That's that. He does. Yeah. He really passionately thinks about these things and, and and runs it through and try and balances it all out. And then people come along and try to break it by going, "Oh, well, if I swap this unit and this unit and this unit, then my B list is technically mechanized and no longer tank." Uh, so you get some of that, but in reality, it doesn't really matter when people. It, uh, you get a lot of people trying to be clever. <gasps> But it doesn't, outrageous. Really, doesn't really seem to work all that much. All the clever lists tend to fall over with a, a weird mission being thrown their way. I was going to say, if that, if that's, if there's that level of random to some extent of yeah. what you're playing, I think being flexible and adaptable is probably more important. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm playing well. You know, there were a couple of times where I just generally got outplayed. Um, yeah, people who knew their armies very well and knew knew how to use them, and then taking comets in themselves is an extreme list in the terms of I find as long as you've got tanks if you don't then I kind of struggle with my four little machine gunned you know. <laughs> they become expensive machine gun carriers yeah exactly um, it was fun um, sending and directing fire at guns at long range when you actually finally kill one 
<laughs> Dueling with them. Yeah, oh, yeah. You did well, that with my 88s, didn't you? Dueling with 88s. It Dueling. becomes fun. Dueling out of their range was also fun. <laughs> That's not really dueling. You can't shoot me. I'm just going to try and kill you. Hold still. I think at that point it might be bullying. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, it, it was quite funny, though, of course, because it was, um, it is uh, Blue v. Blue. Mm, yeah. That makes me sad. I know. And ironically, looking back, all of my worst games were Blue v. Blue. Every time yeah. I came up against Red v Blue, I was like, ah, I know what I'm doing here. This is I, my army was somehow designed 70 years ago to crack. That, I think, is my biggest thing about Blue v Blue, is it's it's just, yeah. Anyway, I think we've, we've discussed our particular angst about that. <laughs> I do on record as saying that's not one of our favourite things. All in all, I want to say a big thank you for, uh, to Hammy at Battlefield Hobbies for running a fantastic Garivery, and I'm looking forward to the one next year, even if I may bring a Hail Hydra list. Hail Hydra? Well, yeah, if he's going to be, you know, blue v blue, then I can just bring up a fantasy list, right? Because that's... Oh, Eddie. This is where you get banned from places. <laughs> Troll, lol, lol. <laughs> yeah. The serious um... historical war game, because it's blue and blue. <laughs> Yeah. Unwilling suspension of disbelief. <laughs> Should we talk about who wore it better then? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly. I've been thinking about this, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Considering that's good. It's, 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 things before been, we I know. Ad hoc. I know, that goes against all my uh, all my religious beliefs. Do you wanna do you wanna take a break before we get on to who wore it better? It depends, you need to wee. Uh my rum's run out. Why has the Is rum that a euphemism? No, no, it has. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, 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 I actually get no drinks. I'm looking at the bottle of Havana. I, I get the books on the screen as well, as well. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be back after these made-up messages from our supposed sponsors. <laughs> Releasing March 19th, Great War once again puts the spotlight of battle on the closing stages of World War One. Will you command one of the new Iron Land ships as the spear of the attack, or favour a sweeping cavalry advance to secure the breakthrough? With your machine guns and artillery blunt to the enemy's charge. Only one thing is certain. This March, it's time to go over the top. Oh, now we're going on to Who Wore It Better? And the two books for discussion tonight are the Italians in Advanti and our fine colonial American friends in Fighting First. Duncan! Yes. About this, supposedly. I have. I have. I've been thinking about this. Uh, my, my first comment is... I actually think, retrospectively looking back now, with all the books in play, that Avanti should have been released with Desert Rats. Like, as a thing. Desert Rats? Desert Rats. The first two books that came out, if they'd have been Avanti and Desert I understand that Germans sell. I understand. Oh, he says looking at his vast collection of German models. I understand completely that they sell. But my point is that if you'd have released Avanti with Desert Rats, so you had Stuarts and Crusaders... And maybe yeah. the old Grant yeah. against the Elefantino. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it's like that would be. That's his jam, right? Well, well, that's I guess his thing. Back, I guess Back to Desert Rats was the perfect Gazala book, but not the anime book. But yeah, it's, it's... yeah. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking that would have been a glorious release. And, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I understand the practicalities of releasing Germans and blah 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 blah. I think, but, I think um, uh, the history lesson too far. Yeah. But had that been the case, that, that I think would have been a great start to V3. Um, and um, I think that the problem with the Italian book is 
it quickly, quickly showed that why the Italians struggled in real life. That would be my <laughs> biggest criticism. Is that you look at it and go, oh, these are eighty six. Oh, okay. oh, oh dear. Right. Yeah, okay. The, the high, the, the high point is facing is facing Stuarts in Battleaxe in nineteen forty one, and yeah. it goes suddenly downhill from there. And then there's this kind of crushing reality that hits, and um, I think that's that's my biggest biggest problem is that I think that had that. Had that come out first with Desert Rats, I think you'd yeah. have we'd all have a different perception of the Italians, in all honesty, because I don't think the Brits would have been overpowered in terms of taking on their infantry either, because you've got Stuarts running around with loads of guns and yeah, you know, they've and got plenty little, the little pop pop, pardon, the little the little um, pop oh pop. the L sixes, yeah, they're pretty sweet, dude. They are, I know, but you know, they'd they'd have been comparative. They'd have been, you know, effective against potentially some of those um, early British books. They would have. Because what's the Crusader like? Three front armor and like yeah, maybe one cool. side or two side. It's it's like it, it it has a fighting chance, is what I'm saying. Whereas yeah. you you put it up against um you know the later books and things, and it starts to go, it starts creak. It starts creaking pretty quickly. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that, you know, there is a reason that the Italians got knocked out in 1943, 1944, right? Because they yeah, just kind well, of... I don't know. I, just the 88s and the Lancers. I know. I know. There's plenty of firepower in there, but it's not... It's not mobile. It's pretty static. Well, the Lancers will catch. Yeah. So, I, I, for me... I actually think that the Italian book was the book that V3 was crying out for, but it came out too late. Oh, I know. I know. So that, that would be my, that's my, uh, Avanti. Um, fighting first, I think is as a book is holistically better. Uh, From a gaming perspective, I think it gives you stuff to deal with all the major things you need to deal with. Do we, just if I could, if I could interject for a second, of course. Do we think that we should caveat these things with the historical reality, as you said? It's not a historical reality; it's a gaming reality as well. well no, no, no. I mean, and then, and then, I mean, for example, you know, fighting first is not more rounded itself because they're joining the war halfway in. Okay, yeah, but, but even if you took the early stuff in the in the if you purposefully um you know gave yourself only leads to play with potentially oh okay i see what you're saying you there's still there's still a decent tank that gets you where it needs to go the steward's still good the arp mm, mm, arp is good i mean the rifle company struggles i think but that's because it's just a big blob of like Dude, infantry guns. yeah <laughs> exactly always, so i think the, yeah. the problem with american rifles is you can have them, or you can have the armored rifles, which look so, more, so much more cooler. Yeah, and a bazooka's coming out the wazoo. Yeah, which is the other. That's the that is problematic. I think genuinely yeah. within the well, ARP bazooka, stuff. Bazookas aren't as good as they used to be because they're not, they're not quite as effective as assaults, but they're no. still there for the defensive that, fire, and that's what that's really a big differentiator. So. Well, that's that, kind of what they were the, there for, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. version three made them far too good. It made all all the sort of um, guns. Your man packs. Yep. And how they worked in the assault and that kind of thing. It's just like when you have people starting to you know, run around and hunt tanks down. <laughs> it's like yeah. something's going a bit wrong. And obviously, people did do it in reality in desperate situations and generally to, you know, in fairly, in fairly um, favorable conditions like a city fight like Arnhem. But it's just yeah. like you do it on an open battlefield and get in the way of it. 
mean, yeah. you'd have to have some huge cojones to just be running around Rambo style with a bazooka going, come on then, Panzer IV, I'll take you all. Well, it's more you need to make to go with you. That's the unlikely bit. <laughs> well, yeah, there's two two lunatics running around. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate we're saying that you know the Italian book is is hamstrung because the Italians themselves were hamstrung. Yes. So I, I get that. I get that, and I do appreciate. It. I just think that I, I I just think it missed its slot. I think it missed the hype train for itself. It was it was late to its own party. Well, I I would disagree in a way. Um, by saying that Advanti, I think, has been overlooked because it was the first of the the the, the revamped, you know, the, the second attempt once they'd started to hit their stride. So, so what you're saying is that you think that they learned the lesson, but Avanti suffers because they learned, Battlefront learned the lessons of the, the things that they did right and wrong in the first two books, broadly. I'm now just realising that Fighting First came out before Advanti, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, that, that negates my point completely, so I'm just going to ignore that and edit that whole segment. Well, no, it's, it's, fine. it's still a valid point. <laughs> they, still, they still they learn, you know, as we've seen from all of these releases, every time they release a book, they've learned something, I think. Yeah, well, I, I thought Advanti came before Fighting First. So I thought no, that... no, no. This was this was one of the um, the controversies, if you like, of, of version four, was that the Italians came so late in the in the release cycle. Yes. They came um, up before the Brits got their rework book. Yes. But by that... Yeah. In isolation, like you say, Avante is... Uh, it's, it's, it's a really good Italian book. I mean, the, the 8 million bayonets works well enough. It, it simplifies it, it over how yep. it used to be. Um, you got, they got all the cool stuff in there. They still have the German support available for formation support. Now. And they got that yep. German units in there, which is quite good. And half the way of playing Italians was knowing when to put a German ally in to cover your shortfall. Yeah. That's what it always felt like. Um, I think the only disappointment was that they didn't have, like you say, the, par- the Parashudetsky. Parashudetsky. Yeah. yeah. Well, who were a very, you know, a fundamental part of the, of the defense at various points. And obviously, there's always this thing that's going to be a paratroop book, but that was always going to be Americans and Germans. The Italians never got mentioned. So it's like. Was there a command think, card for him? I can't remember if it was a command card. Or uh, I think there might be, you know, because uh, there was the motorcyclisty in there as well. Which, yeah, yeah um, motorcycles. There was the assault engineer company. Yeah, yeah, which was really good actually. Which made yeah. me kind of curse buying the cards because it made me want to get another platoon of assault engineers and run that company because flamethrowers are good. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think the Italian book, like you said, it. If you hold the Italian book by itself in a, in a vacuum, it, it's it's a well thought out historically uh, historically how can you uh, say it? not accurate but representative? Yeah, it's re- exactly of of the forces that fought in North Africa. Um, I just think that that it has some problems um, and it's missing some bits. I mean, I think that the, the problem you have is that just it's just eighty six being your highest. You know, integral AT asset, and I think it suffered as well because didn't you used to be able to get like in Africa um, with the Italian troops, like everyone was walking around with Passaglieri bombs or whatever it was. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So, like things, yeah. Exactly. So you had you had kind of that inherent, um, uh, what do you call it, deterrent within your infantry companies, almost integrally built in, and the Elefantino was just kind of and you know nice. Um, but I think yeah. I don't know if 
be well personally i know i know personally speaking if i've played enough version 4 to kind of figure out how an infantry army is supposed to work or how you win with it you mean or just uh, in general i think the trouble is you can fall very easily into the old version 3 mindset and not take advantage of your extra movement um i think it's still quite hard being super aggressive with infantry Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's hard, harder, um, and you have to be a bit luckier. You got nine standards in a Pasachalari rifle platoon, so which isn't you know it's not a small platoon. So you've got to kill six or seven, yeah, to put it on a test. Yeah, or you'd only have to kill five. Yeah, and obviously, if you get the eight man bandits, they're hitting you on freezing the assault as well. I think getting there, they'll follow me on the two plus and oh, eight man oh. bandits. See, I think you could do it. You know, you could do a tactical, then do your um, Avante. Well, sorry, follow me, and possibly get an assault range for a bit of luck. Well, and I mean, and then go, do pretty well in the assault. If you want to go full bananas like that, you just give them all motorcycles as the cards from the command cards, and you scream across the desert, and then ditch your motorcycles after the first turn. Yeah. I mean, I've had that done to me by Lee at the club, and it is quite a terrifying sight of, you know, huge blobs of infantry just going, well, you can't possibly kill all of us. Exactly. But then you're forced into a time thing where you're thinking, well, I've, I've got to kill X in, in however long I've got left. And it is, is quite daunting. I mean, yeah, they're not the hardest thing to shift, but you've just got too many targets at that still, point. Still hit on fours with a three-up save. Yeah. I mean... Mm, I was really torn on these two because I, I really like both of them. I just, I don't know. The Italians, uh, I want to I like it. I just don't know how I can. For a competitive play, I mean, the American book is probably the stronger book. I mean, the Italian book works well as a delivery system for some German units. We've all seen that thing where, like, say you're playing a German army that has a you know, supporting formation of L6s um, or um, M14s. They work well for doing that, filling out a German force quite well. I, I have to say, I like the... I've said this before, and my DAC is going to, at some point, get a battery of Semaventis in just because they're awesome mobile artillery. They're very, very good. Um, hmm. Okay. So, uh, what do people think then? What's the voting? I vote for. Um, can I? Can you abstain from your own vote? Can you abstain from your own? Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm checking I, the rule book here. It's worth pointing out that that seven Monte platoon can have six guns in it, which makes it a very hard unit. Yeah, and it's 24 points. It's not that costly. It's front armor yeah. four. So, I take eight, and that's handy eight. enough. Yeah, it's got heat as well. Oh, so range twenty though. Yeah, twenty's the crippler. Um, but you have got heat, so you have got eighty-eight at twenty, well, yeah. which is nice. Right? The seventies, the seventy-five eighteen variant. Yeah, I mean, so voting-wise, I like the Italian book. It's a very, it's a very good book for two Italians. But if I had to choose between the two books, I'd choose the American book. So if you have to put one in room one hundred one, which one do you put in room one hundred one? It's got, I mean, so let's go to American book. What my, I have some issues with the American book in that it, all the cool stuff American mid-war was never in the, didn't make it to the book. 
So the cool, like, um, 65mm so, you know, tank destroyer half tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. that um, Hellfire Pass, whatever they were. Yeah, they? yeah. And obviously, they got put in a unit card later, that kind of thing. And obviously, we, so there's bits that are missing from the American book, but not critical bits and bits you can get around. So, like I say, if I had to, if, I, if someone says, oh, you got one well, of these two books, you can make an army from it. That's not true. I do Italians just come on. <laughs> Oh, it's a really, actually it's a really hard choice, Dan. This, this, this is what I'm saying. Last time we, we were quite, it was quite. I thought it was quite balanced between Armored Fist and um, Africa Corps. I thought there was a lot of merit for both. Yeah. I think these there's merit for both, but in very very different ways. Ways, yeah. I mean, like I say, for straight up, I'm going to a tournament. It's Americans. Straight up, I want to build a cool army and enjoy painting. It's Italians. I think the Americans are. It's easier to see their strengths. Yeah. But the and I think the Italians are a bit of an unknown. Have you have you actually seen Italians? Has anyone seen any Italians at competitive events? Right. So oh. when we played your tournament, then yeah. I I placed Rex. Oh yeah, yeah, Rex and yeah. Lee had them. Yeah, and he, and he had basically um, two L six formations backed up by a gunliner capturing four pounders. Um, oh, that's Lances right. And the ninety millimeters. It was a it was a very defensive army. It's a very tough army. Especially when you had an army of basically honeys and grants, mm-hmm. but I yeah, I managed to win that one. It was a very bloody game. I don't know if tanks are the way to go. No, I mean, that way of going almost really. What you don't yeah. you don't think the M fourteen forty one is good enough? No, I just I, I think it's I think it's a red herring. You think it's a oh okay? You know that's that's why I, I I'm looking forward to getting my Burgess Larry. Bessegliari. Um, the right. Because <laughs> oh look at the formation. I mean, like you can have, you got two corporates. So it's just the, the rifle company rather than the just a rifle company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think the weapons platoon is a one hundred percent a red herring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Only if you're doing sort of very fluffy, like you know, the defensive lines at El Alamein. Kind of oh thing. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have in there as a bit of variety. But yeah. you can you can have your breeders, your, your breeder MGs. Assault mortars, eight yeah. millimeter mortars, and two anti-tank platoons. Always formation units. It's a tough formation. You know, also, they're quite cheap. What I found with the Italians is they usually have to deal with at least two formations, if not three. And if someone's going for like bonkers, sometimes four. So you think that's, well, that's? I think that's the problem with them, though. Do you think? Well, having too many formations. See, no, I think, I think, I think my envisage. If I took my Italians with their two Flak 88s and the two 90mm Lanciers plus the aeroplanes, some recce, a ton of infantry and um, artillery, mm. the Flames of Fez, I would have eaten those Churchill companies. You think? Old words. <laughs> Sorry? Old words. <laughs> I was going to say, ball- ballsy. Because um... oh, Churchill's what? Front armour... Eight. eight, I think. Eight yeah. against eighty fourteen. Potential six shots a turn yeah. at forty inch range. Yeah, but it goes back to my problem with those is again that they're not they're not mobile. So you've got, someone's got to want you to to shoot them. But so you put them up, but you put them up as a screen over your um, over your advancing infantry. And then, and then the Churchills all of a sudden go, well, I can either drive into the objectives, which are covered by these big scary guns, or, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll dig the guns out with artillery. But by that time, you've then got 
20 stands of rifle guys sitting on your objectives if you've got any. Hmm, or, okay. I drop, or I can drop smoke in front of your Lanciers and not worry about him for a turn while I kill your riflemen. Well, you can try. But then, with good motivation, it's not guaranteed anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with the Italian tanks and stuff as well, I know we've moved on to infantry, but the Italian tanks are like remounted on T plus. So in a world of where in mid-war, like four plus five power is the norm, they're, they're almost always operational unless you kill the swines. That's why I think the, the tank formation is useful because it just, it's just another thing, especially as a second formation. You have to... You, you, it's just annoying. It's got so many machine guns. Oh, I've talked myself out of it now. I was going to say Americans. <laughs> oh, for the love of... I, I'm still going to say Americans. I'm going to stick with it. Okay. But I, 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 book is by no means a bad book. It's just a very tough book. Yeah, I'm really I'm torn between the two. I've got more experience with playing with the Americans, and I, I think the I'm looking forward to getting my Sherman company done as well. Because um, I think just the all round, having played a couple of games with them and seeing how good one platoon is, I think two platoons are going to be pretty pretty potent okay well i'm gonna go with my gut i'm gonna say i'm gonna say italians i'm gonna say italians because i've talked myself out of it but because i i wanted them there from the start i think i think that's why i'm going to include them so what are you going to do eddie you, you got the deal breaker i got the deciding vote you have yep um yeah. you have all the responsibility ah uh, <laughs> ah uh, Oh. Tigers. <laughs> tigers. Yeah, I was gonna say the answer is always tigers, isn't it? Yeah. It's tigers. Yeah. Um, and these could take a, a formation support of a, ta- of a tank of a tiger tank formation. So. <laughs> uh, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh God. Don't open that can of worms. Apparently, you can't. Oh, that's right, man. Yeah. Which is, I was like, oh, yeah. a tiger with my Italians. That would be baseballs. Pr- and also quite correct for Sicily, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably yeah, get yeah. Bond at some point. It's it's tough. I mean, for me, bright yellow stars with bright yellow piping around the turrets and all those amazing crisp decals versus awesome, weird Heath Robinson aeroplanes, trucks with guns in the back and feathers. feathers. I'd say massive feathers. I just It's just tricky. Well, question, I guess the question is, do you want to stand there cupping yourself? And if the answer is yes, then you have to make a decision. Oh, we want to be an Italian American or an Italian, an Italian, <laughs> Italian American or American Italian. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, through my experience, I'm going to go. I'm going to say Americans. Oh, so we've got but Americans because at this particular point in time, I've played games with the American Army, and I haven't played any games with my Italians yet. Okay. That so that is as close as it is. They both do so different things. I will say, yeah. as a caveat, if we revisit this in a couple of years' time, I think the Italians are going to be a sleeper. They're going to be they're going to be the wild card that cuts okay. the lines to your van without you realising it. Because mm. that's what I want. That's fine talk. Hmm. Okay. So uh, it's interesting, actually. That I think this. Just to round this up, I think this was a lot closer for me than the first one. Yes. That, that's what I mean by the Italians. I don't think you've heard the last of Avanti. 
you not think it's been crushed out of them by KV1s? That's where the Lancias come in. Are Lancias your tigers for Italians, Eddie? Because how many lists uh, in, in the local, like the meta, so to speak? Oh, local, God, use the M word. I know. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, wash your mouth out. Let's see, say five Hail Marys and reroll six dice. Um, yeah. How many times have you seen heavy tanks turn up against armies that aren't packing enough high AT? Yeah. And the, well, the Italians are the answer to that, I think. I'll give because... you that because I think if you're looking at a cheap, an army that's cheap enough to get a lot of high-end AT yeah. in the army, then I think yeah. the Italians at the moment are... Yeah. I think they're probably the, the only ones that can do it. Because even what... The, how much is an M10 for the US? Uh, 10 oh, points? Gosh. 12 points, something and that's only 80 12 M10, yeah, uh, yeah. So, two M10s, 16, so eight points each, basically. eight points each, yeah. And a, a Lancia is six, 80 12. And actually, going back to Lee's point, like at Crawley, when I saw Rex's army list, it did scare the living bejesus out of me because I just looked at it and went, That's that's just what because uh... it's got the uh, you got the 25 pounds to back it up as well, rate of fire 289. Yeah, two, uh, a, a single 90 millimeter, and then yeah. three lances. I think was. I liked that setup as well because obviously with the 188 or whatever it was, 188 uh, or 190 mil, you're not taking tests on that ever, pretty much. No, it wasn't. I, I, so, I you know, I'd, I'd pin it, and that's about the only thing I ever. So I had to kill it. I was yeah. Dropping 25 pounds, that's fine. Port no, no HE guns at it, chosen it down with 30 cows. I like those one platoon strong high-end assets. Like for the Germans, I still like a single 88 because it does almost as much as a you know two yeah. or two does for half uh, half the points. Funny enough, I can do maths apparently. Um, <laughs> but it's just that fear factor, and it, you still have to deal with it. It's still not that easy, um, and it's, it still does some work for you. I mean, the fact that Lanciers can dash eight inches through terrain, ten inches cross country. I mean, being an unarmored tank unit, they can blitz as well, right? Yeah, the tank unit. Yep. They so can. you can sit them behind a, 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 a you know, a, a sand dune, and uh, and just blitz them up. Yeah. So what you're saying is, we need to revisit this. This will be the uh, the the ongoing. It's Americans now, but we'll stick a pin on it and see what happens when it comes back. We, okay. we need to play some American versus Italian fights to see what happens. Oh, Ooh. deal. Oh no! Oh, what have you done? Oh, Lee. <laughs> okay, moving on then to yep. uh, our re- newly renamed Ask Philly Eights, as in Philly Eights, who's going to be your Flames of War Agony Aunt? Yep. So known as readers' questions, also known as please suggest a decent name for this subject. Yeah. Are, Hashtag we are, we're um, struggling. <laughs> Hashtag creativity. Um, so going back to the one that we didn't answer last time from David Palmer. Because we remembered. Because we remembered. We have like an ability to read back our show notes and go, oh yeah, we did say that. Um, his question is, community lists, full stop, should they be encouraged and accepted, i.e. no dice, no glory, Hungarians, in the context of the official release timetable? I, for one, have some very poignant views. Poignant? Poignant? Poignant. Oh. Yeah, so if it's, if it's something we know is coming, it's like contentious. 
did a bit of what my allies are coming. It just seems like a kind of a... What is the point? Yeah. Uh oh, uh oh, no, he's triggered. Move away. Trigger. Move all the ob Trigger warning. Yeah. Why? Why? I just don't... Move all the sharp objects away. I just don't I... get it. Okay, let me let me come back at you with I don't think anyone thinking about the game is a bad idea. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So the guys over there, they put a lot of work and effort in and thought about it a lot, and hopefully, hopefully they've sent their their crib notes in Agreed. to um, to Battlefront and just said, you know, this is what we found, this works well, and we've done some of your playtesting for you. Don't know if they have, can't can't comment. But I'm always for someone thinking about stuff. I, I, th I think your objection is to the fact that they know this is coming and maybe that focus could have been put elsewhere. Very much so. But I also know that the way that it works with intellectual property is that you can't... It, you're as much as a hindrance by sending them something. Because unless it's through a... a, a unless it's through a... Um, an accepted submission, it's, yeah, an accepted submissions route where you therefore release your claim to that work. They can't use it, and not only can they not use it, they can't independently come up with something the same because then they'd have to prove that. It's an old script thing. We, we any unsubmitted script is going straight to bin. So you can't yep. look. You, you, you can't, can't look, look at it. it. Can't look at it because because you know they sit there and go, "Cool, we've." got these awesome lists in and we publish all this stuff and then all of a sudden you turn around and go, well, wait a minute, that was my work. Oh, okay. So you're talking about like when when someone says uh, this rapper sampled this part of this song. Yeah. Type. Right, okay. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Oh, so first, okay. So first of all, we've got the bare bones business element of you can't take unsolicited submissions. Full stop. Full stop. Because it just puts you at an awkward position. I know it's not, we're talk not talking mega bucks here or anything, but it still is it's not smart to use stuff that people generate supposedly for free and, and these people you know you have great intentions and most people would never do that but there's always the chance that they it could be someone who wants to do that and wants to get money for nothing and put the chips for free in. sorry yeah. i didn't resist it's easy sorry. Like ovens. <laughs> um, you know so they could end up getting in trouble that way Okay, so let, let me let me flip this slightly on its head. How how would you like to have seen this? Would would it have been easier if they'd have, I don't know, put something out that said, you know, we're happy for anyone to take this content, or is there is there an easy way for them to? The, the easiest thing the easiest thing to do is to say, you do what you want over there, but not nothing's official. Don't send us anything. Play the game that you want to play with the list that you want to play. That's fantastic. Okay. But we're not going to make anything brackets official. We're not going to put anything or promotion through our own channels. You know, and it it just seems a weird... It's the motivation behind it, and, and context is everything. So to me, it's it's why... Why are we spend? You know, what, what's the motivation to spend so much time and effort on something that isn't it's obviously isn't the key focus of the company at this time there's not going to be any models that they're not going to release re-release especially just for you the hungarian models no no but this could be people going back to you know looking at i know this isn't the stuff that keeps but front of flow and all that we've had that discussion but you know people have invested in their in their time and money now yep. i think there's other ways to do this you could have used analogs 
based on Ghost Panzer or Eastern Front for yes. a lot of the Hungarians. Um, and I don't think you're losing a lot. But if people want to put it out there, I guess we should maybe, you know, think about I think there was unofficial lists for V3, weren't there? To play Devil's Advocate. Like, or that people submitted in and then they got printed as PDFs? Yes, they put together, people would put, would submit entire set, you know, standalone tweaked lists using the existing range of models. Is that any different? It, is that what, are you saying it is? It is now because the whole point of V4 was to reduce the model count. Okay. And make it easier for stockists. The whole point was uh, uh, here's the here's the here's the, the the key underlying factor as a hobbyist, and this is a yeah. personal thing. And obviously, you can only approach these things from your personal viewpoint. I have never known a hobbyist to need to be given an excuse to spend money on their hobby, <laughs> and yet when they're given the perfect excuse of going, you have this massive collection but the hobby's going in this direction for now so you know we'll get we're not discounting your models you can still use your old list you can still play the new game with your old list using the version 3.5 stuff that we've got you know the armies of late war and the, not the armies of late war the the late and early war rule books you can still use those lists against each other but the hobby's going in this direction over here why not just collect an, a new army why not put your focus into trying something different rather than trying to drag along this old collection? The old collection is still valid. It's not gone anywhere. You can still use the version three lists. There are plenty of people out there who have armies and models to play version three list versus version three list. Why try to drag that kicking the screaming into version four through some weird route? When in reality, we've just had a 20 minute conversation about, Ameri mid-war Americans and mid-war Italians which I would never have had was version 4 released into late war because those are two armies that I've never even piqued my attention apart from now where I've gone you know what I can't use my Matilda company which was my old desert list what is out there mm, okay I, I, I think I think as hobbyists it's not always about money it's sometimes about the time and love you pour into an army. I totally right? understand. And I think that might have more of a bearing for me. Like, if it was something I truly, truly, you know, I'd always played this army. I, I, I only own this army. I love this army. It's what I do. Then that, that I, you know, I, I get it. I yeah. do get it. And I, yeah. I sympathize with that. But I, I do get what you're saying. I do appreciate what you're saying is that I, I'm the same. You know, I would never have looked at I don't know, a number of different projects. Like, you know, some of the stuff I write on the blog is all about hypothetical lists, just looking at books and going, oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. And I wouldn't have, I, like, I've never owned a Russian list ever, but looking at some of the stuff they had in, in Red Banner and um, anyway, the Cape was, was, was interesting. But um, I, I, I do, yeah, I do appreciate what you're saying. Do you, I don't think variety is ever a bad thing. I think, no. I think you're right. Maybe, maybe the 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 route into providing this might have been, I don't know, different. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it is. There is there is the the cynical part of me sits there and goes, 
given how frustrated certain elements of the community has been at Battlefront as a company, is distracting them with other non-commercial things right now the best course? Okay. It's the most political way I could say that. Um, and at the same time, um, there are other ways of doing it in terms of like you know with with italian italian lists and just using the existing army lists version four needs support one of the reasons my motivation into doing the blog and the podcast is is to help regrow the community with new players to get to support the hobby that i love to give back a little bit and actually help new people come along and all the events i've been to i've seen new faces you know i've been playing tournaments in the uk for six years now and during that time before version four came out the new faces were few and far between um but now in the last two years it's starting to get those new players and i don't i I don't see how the added confusion and is it legal isn't it legal who's done this list where can i get the models the distraction so to speak benefits the hobby as a whole Converse to just saying we're focusing on 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 what we're focusing on. Mm. You know this 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 summer is going to be version four D Day. Yes, yeah. So so why why let's let's focus on that rather than try to break through. And 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 the other thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit about all this is. They're doing, especially in, in the example they've given, they're doing Hungarians anyway. They've said they're doing them. It's it it's it's kind of mind-boggling why you would try to compete with an actual release that you know, you know, know is coming out. I mean, if it was like something, you know, I would quite happily get behind the idea of doing a Luftlandersturm list. Because, you know, like you say, it's a passion project. Glider stuff, yeah. Glider stuff, German glider stuff landing in. It's so niche, it's probably not going to be, you know, it's early war. It's not going to come up for a number of years if it does. Um, but because it's so niche and special, it wouldn't be that much of an impact. You know, it's not gonna, It's not as if I'm competing with, with something that's coming out in two weeks' time. So... What what advice would you give to someone? Say say I'm out there. I'm part of the community. I love my Romanians. Yeah, I love Romanians. God knows why, but um, I love Romanians. Um, what what advice would you give then someone who wants to participate, say in in creating a, a Romanian army list? Because we don't we don't know if Romanians are going to be part of that minor mm-hmm. um, minor nations or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Would would you suggest that they they just kind of hand the stuff over to Battlefront? I.e., do all the the legwork and then submit it like we would submit an unofficial card. Well, Is that I, w- probably... I would say that my 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 personal first point of call would be to see what existing lists or lists that are going to be out very soon can I use to give me a close enough approximation okay. of what I'm trying to do. So in that instance, probably Italians, right? Yeah. So can can I get what I need out of an Italian book? 
I don't know enough from that particular instance. No, no, no I don't. It was a bad example because I've realised that. No I've idea. I've got no bugger all idea about what the Romanians had. Uh, well, other than the example the, is, my, yeah. is the US Marines thing. And your attack, your, your, your mid-war, you know, go-going stuff is to go, look, I've got these models and yet it's not, doesn't say at the top Herman Goering, it doesn't say the top US Marines, it says US Army. However, for all intents and purposes, it's extremely close to what the actual one was. And yeah, there's a little bit of proxying going on, but if you're clever with it, you can make it to the point where it's not an issue for the usual problems of proxying in terms of, you know, the game mechanics of the physical size of the model versus the opponent, you know, potentially getting confused about, oh, I thought that was this and this was that. You know, if you're sensible with it, proxying isn't a problem. Mm. And yet you're still getting, you know, what you want out of the core of the game without having to have all this extra onus on a battlefront as a company to either officiate organize take the risk of doing that spending you know time and resource which is money on something that isn't going to make them money because a you've already bought the models and b they're not making those models and they don't want to have to supply those models to their overstretched supply chain anyway okay well i think i think we found out that eddie's quite pro this um <laughs> initiative so well, Lee has no strong opinions. So she really <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's always going to create a strong opinion as well because it's about someone's passion for a particular area of the hobby. So it's always going to be yes. um, polarizing in some way, apart from Lee. Who the, the, is, the last thing I want to say is, is, is at the end of the you can't feel bad, you can't be negative towards Battlefront for trying to get you to spend money. That is why they exist. They are, they are a company, and if they don't, you know, if no one spends any money in Battlefront product, then Battlefront will no longer exist, and then Flames of War won't exist either. It, it, that is the world that we live in. That is that is capitalism at its finest, you know. So anything which kind of has the, the attitude of, oh, well, I've bought these, so I must be able to use them. It's like, well, that doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, I can't play. I can't use my PlayStation One games or my PlayStation Four. You know, I don't sit there and, and make games and go to Sony. Oh, can you stick the Sony label on this game? It, it's a it's a weird kind of crossover between the nicheness and passionate and sort of one man is shared aspect of this hobby versus running a, a what is a global business. So that's it. Good, good, good question, though, Dave. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> we're now going to have to talk Eddie down from a tree. Lee, uh, have you got the rum? We might have to <laughs> more rum. lure him down. Yeah, lure him down we with a bottle. Rum. Yeah. More rum or less rum? I can't decide. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. <laughs> you know. But genuinely, that's... though, it was, a, it was a good question because I think it's something that, that does need discussing. I mean, but it goes back to, well, what do you want to play, I guess? That is it. That is yeah. literally it. What do you want to play? In a nutshell. In right. A nutshell. Next question. Next question. Is what Ralph we got? One of those new gamers, I believe. Who? Uh, no, they don't exist. I know, right? Vivo's dead. Um, who, who asked the rather poignant question, how do you win games? Oh, <laughs> my God. Massively. 
<laughs> I um, I what I do is I put out a load of really bad um, advice on a blog and podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's interesting actually because I don't think weirdly any all th- any of us are massively um, competitive when it. Yeah, successful. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's maybe competitive, we're just not successful. Yeah, massively competitive, just incompetent. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I, I still, I always go in with the attitude of I don't go into any game to lose. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's it's always a, you know, a so thing maybe, of... Maybe an intro game. Uh, oh yeah, intro games. Oh, you've got to lose an intro game. Yeah, Once you, you come and taste the sweet intro. victory. I don't yeah. think you have to. I disagree. Oh God. An intro game you need to make fun. Yes, oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's and 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 one well, of the not doing a curb stomp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. But curb stomping isn't fun. But then also, no. whitewash. Be you know, being steamrolled or yeah. steamrolling someone often isn't fun. But don't Jesus flip the table. That's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Right, don't do that. But um, I, yeah, so, how do you, so, so winning games. So here's the things yeah. I always think you need to do. Firstly, read a mission. So you actually know yes. how to win. know how to win the game. Amount of yep. times I've seen someone lose a game, they didn't understand how to win the mission. Or like Hello. You went on turn six. Yep. Or like yep. you're using a new a new way of capturing objectives, but you have to start your turn and end it on it. It's like yep. it's it's so easy to throw the game early on by just not understanding the game you are playing. In that or forgetting that they, the opponent has an ambush unit. Yes. That's my personal favourite. Or even so, better, the flip side of that, having an ambush unit, but leaving the objective open when the enemy uses their recce to get onto it, you go, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you can't do that so much in version 4, but it was always fun in version 2 and 3 when people did that. Or my very personal favourite, having an ambush unit yourself and then forgetting that you have an ambush unit and yeah. not deploying them. Or my favourite one was painting the unit up in three-tone camouflage so well I put the table and forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so goes. the next part is really having at least having the outline of a plan. Um, yes. You need to know what, how, how am I going to succeed in this mission? And yeah, yes, so that, what, that how plan, do I win? And then yeah. what, what do I need to do to actually? What, what am I going to yeah, do? Have, yeah, Because yeah. if you if you're always, if you don't go with a plan and your enemy does, you are always going to back foot because they will have the initiative because they know they will know what they want to do and you're reacting to it. I admit you're always reacting to the enemies. I admit you're losing the game. That's very true, and that, I think that goes back to as well. A V4 is quite an aggressive game. If, yeah. if you're being um, passive and reactive to your opponent, you are more likely to lose just yeah. based on that. And very like I say, no, don't choose defense as a stance because it's, it's like yeah. I think, I think all the all the defense stance missions, it's just so hard to win as a defender because obviously you, there's that whole thing of the enemy can't be within eight inches of the objective, so they always try to keep that bubble out. And obviously that means a bit an aggressive, deep defence. But it's just so... I think just going for the missions where you both have an objective to see is just, make, it's just a much easier avenue to winning. I think that's very true. Those defensive missions as well, like the one... Isn't there one where you don't have any other way to win other than basically you break the formation of your opponent? Or, yeah, or I think... I think they all have a caveat that you can win by keeping X distance away from the objectives. Or in your table half, I think is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just look up. I, mean, I just don't play them enough because I think everyone worked out very quickly. Yeah. It's, it's a mug's game. So. Yeah. Uh, from my personal opinion, I think the other thing is knowing your army. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a lot easier if you know exactly what all of your stuff does yeah. off the top yeah. of your head. Like, and that's just that's just repetition, just playing and knowing. And actually, you can put a lot of 
pressure on your opponent by doing your turns very quickly. Oh yeah, by but, yeah. But, yeah it's just... I, I love having the opponent taking this time because I'm sitting there already working out how what I can do in my turn yep. so I can rattle through. Exactly, and I think that does that doesn't have an effect. And you can see some. The other thing to, to say is if you that is happening to you, mm-hmm. do the opposite. So take a moment to pause. It's like because you will make dying. mistakes. Quick turn over ball. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or um, a quickly taken free kick in football. Yeah. Where someone's not expecting you, you're like, well, I don't know what to do now. I haven't got any processing time. But I think, yeah, knowing so knowing the missions, knowing how to win, um, knowing what your army does, um, so getting some game time in it. I don't know how that affected you at the weekend, Eddie, but playing at least a couple of games with your comments, did it? Oh, I, yeah, it's much, much easier to kind of, you've got a game plan, you know what's good at what, and, and when you're looking at the board, you can also really, um, really plan everything out before you're even deploying. And, and that also then comes down to even just picking your board edge right at the beginning. If you right. know yep. what terrain is going to suit what units, yep, yep. instead of looking at the board with this this fresh eyes, you can actually crack on with your plan as you walk to the table. And for those who don't know, when we, when we talked earlier about Fez doing two, two uh, intro games, that is a novelty for Fez. Normally, it's co- that army is coming straight off the painting table into the packing case. Normally, <laughs> go to its first game. Corrivory uh, <laughs> was my lowest point where one year I was pulling models out of my painting case, out of my army case, gluing on the basing tough, and then deploying it on the board. That was fully painted. It was yes, painted. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The lowest I've ever been. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Those are the basic points. After that, it's just, you know, just really comes down to get some good dice and hoping your opponent doesn't. Um, I think the other thing is to contemplate, you know, we were t- Eddie used the M word earlier, but there are things that you're going to come up against. So having a way or a, a, at least a thought process on how to deal with them, you know, high-end armor, for example, or, you know, digging out infantry or wherever it is, just have a, an idea in your army of how you're going to deal with those assets. I mean, we had a long chat after um, Reading last year about Marders and, and just, that, you know, how, understanding how to take out light armor, high AT assets. Mm-hmm. Just it, it's invaluable, I think, because you're not sitting there trying to work it out on the fly. Then you just you know what you've got to do, it's just then executing. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, pretty sure Sun Tzu has a thing about knowing yourself before you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> yeah, god, that's Sun Tzu, and then you can make the opponent uh, commit seppuku just by sheer boredom of you repeating random nonsense. But it um, does also mean you're sitting there smashing a sledgehammer into walnuts a lot. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Waite asks, Team Yankee or World War Three Flames game, whatever it is now, yeah. uh, how do you get Soviet armour, mainly looking at T-64s, to work against NATO tanks? Chieftains in particular, since the points cost of 18 points for three Chieftains versus 19 points for four T-64, the Chieftains seem to be point for point the bane of T-64s. Take, take that. <sighs> Leap on out. <laughs> but the pointy end of the T sixty four, point that towards the chieftain. That's always a good start. Yeah. Firstly, take the anti tank guy. Wep- if you knew that's what you'd be playing, take the anti tank guy weapon option. Sit back at forty eight inches range and hit the chieftains at long range where they can't do anything to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, the other thing is, the T sixty four has the mobility advantage. It's got advanced stabilizers. It's slightly quicker. Uh, long as you're not playing a billiard table, use you know use a twenty advantage. Work up onto the flanks and then the flanks because the, chief, the chieftain side armor is nothing to write home about. 
and especially against a 125 millimeter thin round. Wait, wait till tea time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not just it's not going to be T64s versus Chieftains. You've got takes um like the you know, carnations to drop smoke down, takes uh, motorized infantry. So you've got spandrel and tank missiles hitting them at long range while the infantry try and distract him by closing up the front and working tanks at the, up the flank. Well, having like say one platoon of them maybe equipped with the anti tank. Um, Songster missiles to shoot them at long range. There's plenty of you know, bits in the Russian army that will take on chieftains quite happily. And normally it's Milan missiles you worry about rather than the chieftains. As I say, what happens if you run up against the other end of the spectrum, though, like a Leopard 2? So um, you, you've got a plan for a, a cheaper tank. What about a high end NATO tank? Because I think that was another part of his question, wasn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, it says Leopard 2s are expensive, so you get the benefit of numbers. M1s guns. have a weaker gun, so the T64 armor starts to shine. Yeah, I'm, it's armor 17, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, it's not the most heavily armor in the tanks, but it's certainly enough to turn around. It'll, it'll, it'll turn Milan around more often than not, which is quite handy. Nice. Um, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. It shouldn't have era, but let's get into that argument again. Um, I think against Leopard, like you say, num- it's the numbers that hurt Leopards. Normally, it's only like four of them, and are backed up by a Mars platoon or something like that. Um, yes, you end up in a turning fight because you're both as maneuverable as each other. You're both as lethal as each other, and obviously a leopard has better armor. But you've got more friends, so yeah. <laughs> just you can mug him from two ways. You get, you get into what you call the horn of the buffalo, which is what's my tank, my tanky major friend. It's what he constantly tells me all tank warfare dwells down into. So you have a hardcore taking the fire while your two horns are trying to envelop and get flank shots. Okay, Nigel Cox asks. Stukas, guns or bombs? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because they they, mm, they can only take one or the other, can't they? They can. You only get one fly. I would say mm, they mm, take both uh, because they're Stukas. Uh, it depends what, what they're going with. I think the guns are more versatile. The guns are, but Stukas with bombs along with Tigers is not only really good fun, it's also fluffy. Yeah, and also with bombs, I mean, you say the guns are more versatile, but the bombs will kill infantry and they'll kill tanks, whereas the guns will kill infantry okay. in the open and will kill and will kill medium tanks. Yeah, they won't really kill infantry. Normally you don't hit them. You don't, yeah, you don't have enough shots. And I'd say because you're German, you've got high enough skill, the bombs are more reliable. Obviously, if this was like an Eel 2, then I'd say it's oh, yeah, guns, guns. All the t- guns all the time. Yeah. Just fly the yeah. plate into them if you're an Eel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bombs, um, bombs all the way. I- do you know what? I hadn't thought about that. That's actually a very good question. I'm, 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 I'm torn now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it depends what else is in your list. That's it. it's what. They, what are they there to support? They're a support unit. What are they supporting? That's yeah. what it comes down if to. You're to kill, if you're there to kill like Mardis or Hornesius, clear away for your tigers. You yeah, blue and blue there. Um, and yeah, the guns are going to be more liable at killing. Well, yeah. Guns will massacre Mardi. Well, Mardi or other similar land tank units. I mean, I run, I run a lot of high AT in my German list, so for them, bombs is what I need. I need template weapons. Yeah. I need the ability to reach out to those annoying things that are far away that are hiding out of line of sight and blow them. Blow them to snot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Hmm. I've, I've always steered away from them, actually. It's, it's interesting because I've got no practical application because I've never managed to fit a bloody Stuker in because they're too expensive <laughs> for what the lists I run. I know. Yeah. Uh, Nigel was also asked, he said he, uh, he really enjoyed the Flames of War event, so you're welcome. And he says, are we going to do another 
Uh, he asked if we can do it down in Toyman because it's closer to me. We're doing another one in May at Guildford again um, because personally, I think uh, my comfort supersedes yours, Nigel. So, uh, and frankly, j- Jersey's so j- j- is Jersey's beat. So he needs to do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jersey's beat. Yeah, no. Um, uh, we talked to. Uh, oh God, name blank. Paul, support retirement. Yeah, Paul's a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably run something down there at some point, but Guildford is a lot easier at the moment. So that'll be that one. Uh, Craig Ogden, Eogan. I would apologise for butchering your name, but that would mean that I felt guilty for doing it. Do you think late war was seen the same spam lists in seen in mid war, or will cheaper medium tanks lessen the cost effectiveness of light tank slash armoured car spams? I predict a riot. No, sorry. Ooh. I predict a tetrarch slash para spam. I got my tetrarch just waiting, painting for a reason. <laughs> spam is I, I d- delicious. Yeah. When fried up with some potato and crispy breadcrumbs on the outside. Um, but don't put it on near your models. <laughs> Greasy fingers. Exactly. It's, just, it's it's the whole Cheeto eating thing from what we're pat- Yeah, WWPD. Yeah. You know, don't get spam literally on your models. So, uh, is the question: Do we think spam's going to exist in late war? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah I, I, of course it will. There's always a spam I mean, list. Armored cars can't get you cheaper. They're really like one or two points. Literally, they cannot get you cheaper one or two points. No. Yes. Um, and obviously, we know the medium tanks will get cheaper. Cause obviously, they should do because the high end tanks will get you getting harder. Um, obviously, on the other hand, Marders will get cheaper as well, in theory. If you think of that. Tiger Spam. That's going to be yep. mm, yeah, is, yeah. Mm, yeah. is the Marder going to be as effective, though? Because well, it's effective I mean, at the moment. If, you, if you're still going to, if you're, against the Allies, in theory, yes. And this will run yeah. Churchill, the Churchill Sevens with their armor 13. You're still, most of your army is still 80 tank 6. So Cromwell's, Sherman's. The integral in anti-tank that will be more prevalent in late war mm-hmm. for infantry units will mess up a lot of these lists. Yeah, because at the moment you don't you've got one AT asset in a infantry at team, right? most. If yeah, but the, that stays true for the British. The Russians still don't get anything. The Americans, well, the Americans drip drip bazookas now, so I don't think it's going to change that much, will it? Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have a Pete over a boys. Don't get me wrong. That shuts me up. <laughs> I, I, just, I just try to think if they do improve. I think the, rifle, the American rifle companies tend to get more bazookas, don't they? In late yeah, they they do because they got one at the moment. I think because yeah. they've got the eight thirty-seven mil anti tank gun, which is you know. Yeah, so they, so the they do, but I'm pretty sure Soviets and Brits nothing really changes for them. I, th- I think you still see you will still see some kind of spam list. I don't think that's going to change. But I wonder if it's going to be medium armor because medium armor is actually going to come down a lot. So I wonder if that's going to supersede something, some of this, mm. you know, armored car nonsense. Because you know, if you're paying, I don't know what it's going to be, but if it's you know a Mark IV is what ten points at the moment. If it halves, Mark IV is a good tank. Yeah. Mark IV is a good tank. I mean, Sherman's a good tank. I mean, you're going to struggle against the real, you know, IS twos and King Tigers and stuff like that. But it's still decent. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to running Panzer Fours versus Germans and that kind of thing. So the rest of it, 
no, not really been one for doing these trick lists, that kind of thing. I'd rather have so it feels like a proper force. Mm. I, yeah, so. I, I, V4 really supports the whole balance force selection, especially with these new missions that are coming out. Mm. You need to be able to do a little bit of everything well. Yeah, you can't really do that with armored cars and models. You're missing that middle ground of like, yeah. you know, a proper tank. So, I, well, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm optimistic. I think it's fair to say we're optimistic that it's going to be. Well, like you said as well, they're not getting any cheaper, so there will be a finite number of them because yeah, they do them at all. I mean, were armored car companies a thing by late war? Oh man, I hope the Puma, they got to put the Puma back in. I've got about six. I've got four boxes of those Pumas waiting to do so. <laughs> Was it a hundred made total? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean that sort of chassis. Anyway, but... <laughs> But hey, second pa- second Panzer had them, and that's the one I was doing. Yeah, second anyway, Panzer did. So. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Most are, right. even the one with the two two, two you know, the two centimeter is still a very handy little. You know, it's a, oh, it's the two thirty four. It's, it's an eight rad on steroids, basically. So yeah. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, so yeah, I think we. Yeah, I mean, everyone was still using armored cars. They were still, well, in some ways, you no know, essential for when you get into like the Bokars country and that for sneaking around. But friends I think, don't let friends play armored car companies. Exactly. Well, I just think Eddie's right. They might not include an option for it mm. as well. Get if if they're that card, cheap, yeah. yeah, just not have a command card for it. And yeah. and just treat the that, Puma as a, as a light tank. So yes, it has a car, but it's, it's very much the exception to prove the rule there. So. Yeah, exactly. It's got fifty. 50 I'm just saying that. So they keep, I'm just saying so I do get a Puma company. <laughs> Please, I, I, I want to justify why I bought four boxes of these. Well, I, I, if you write your own one and send it in, I'm sure they'll use it. Oh, oh no, Eddie, Eddie, away, away from the room. <laughs> I said we're going to start a new section. I'm I'm already doing my Q8 list, so. <laughs> uh, Silla McCarthy asks, toolkits for breaking infantry companies. I still find digging out infantry a grind. Ways to set up a good assault. That's a good question. I've always struggled a bit with that. I think it does depend on whether you're playing tanks or infantry. And how many crocodiles you have on hand? Uh, Eddie? <laughs> I think it's a little tricky now because it always is a big case. If you had over an ulster face, you used to flank them because you couldn't shoot for your own guys. And these days you can. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's less of a valid as a tactic. Only if they don't move. Well, yeah, but on, but that, but by didn't it'll be it's not yet yeah, it's not their turn they'll be able to do it. You see yeah. what I mean? Um, you got to pin them. It's always the foot essentials: find, fix, flank, fight. And the flank bit's kind of less useful now, but you still have find, you still have fix, and you still have fight. So pin them, then hit them. I mean, it's just going to be a case of really make sure they're pinned, and try and just do a limited assault. Just try and pick off bits of it. Shoot the bazooka. Actually, yeah. something you, you did quite well against me, Eddie, was um, you had multiple assaulting units. That's yeah, something that all, always, yeah, always go heavy or go home. Saying, doing little penny packet assaults never works out well. Yeah. Well, no, it's just as in he would assault one end of the line, force force almost that back. Or if it yeah. got pinged, then it came in from the other angle and just kept the pressure on. Mm-hmm. That was that proved quite effective with the Cromwells. Yeah. Uh, the second part of Silla's question is when is the V4 late war hype train going to start looking forward to the pre-release coverage? Whoop, whoop. Well, it's due for, June's coming out in June, so we should get all the preview stuff in May. As soon as we're allowed to tell... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. as soon as we're officially allowed to say anything. Um... We've got Great we got great War and Orwell to get through first. So oh, oh, Great War. Great War. Great war. Oh. 
So yeah. on YouTube, there is a fantastic channel called Forgotten Weapons. Yes. They've teamed up with another S&C Armories to do a... Basically, they've put through their own series of trials the six light machine guns. Um, oh, wow. So they've got like both caliber Le Chats, yep. uh, the lightweight Maxim, the MG-18, and the Lewis gun. Well, Lewis gun's clicker win. They've got no BAR. Oh, and a BAR without yeah. the bipod. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's the World War I. And it was like, oh, I'm totally getting a great war. And I was like, oh, I've got Battlefront World War One sitting there. Oh, I can install that again and totally fall into a World War One black hole. It's what is it's great. It's so Real. different to what you that the preconceived, you know, notion yeah, of what the, the Great War was. It's back to well, the, the period that Battlefront chose to do is the, the return to mobile warfare, wasn't yeah, it? Breakouts. Yeah. So it does make sense. I mean, yeah, we got that. We got that hype train coming up. But I mean, I'm already pretty pumped for late war Normandy. I'm not. Oh, really, dude. I'm not going to lie. I want it all. Oh, and you want it now? I want it now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for the Germans going, and obviously in 2020 getting the Brits back out again. So. And at that time, I'll, we'll get the Germans out again to refight the Brits. Exactly. <laughs> we're happy, we'll just switch sides. I'm nice gentlemen agree yeah. to switch sides. And go... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, got quite a few questions. I'm getting tired. He's, uh, he's, he's running out of puff. I'm running out of rum. Rum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Vincent Limney says, uh, or asks, six months after the release of EA Eat G, or enemy at the gates. Yeah, oh, you, know, you know you're getting popular when you've had to shorten the name of things. Yeah, th- thanks uh, for the translation, Eddie. Do you think the fear of unbreakable cheap Soviet blob that will kill the game, due to the V4 morale rules, was slash is justified, or are we fine? He is asking for a friend. <laughs> I. Um, um, or will be your friend, Vincent? No, sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> into a weird version of Tinder. Um, <laughs> I, I think, like I say, I think that whole four plus save thing on, on the bigger units actually worked quite nicely as a way of getting. Um, but we found around that. Yeah, I mean, Dylan's been running when he's been playing his Soviets. Runs a big SMG company. If I let those guys get in, they hurt. So a whole SMG and the assault thing. But what yeah. I'd be finding is I, I'd be able to stop him getting in just by hammering artillery or machine or long range machine gun fire. And just really try to pick the guys off before they can get up and close on me. Can I can I weigh in with something here? Mm. One of the takeaways from Carivery was the I know it was it was um, late war. One of one of the most important things when you're playing with or against giant units is to make sure that the movement rules are done correctly. Yep, so you can't move for your own guys, that kind of thing. You can't move for your own guys, and you have to roll your bog checks as they move. And the difference, we were playing on the city board, and the difference that made won me the game, basically, because he just got in his own way. And if you'd just done it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. These guys Mm -hmm. are moving. All of a sudden, you've got the benefit of having a huge unit with none of the penalties of them literally getting in their own way. Yeah. you know, so before it was like, oh, okay, I'll move this tank, and and he started rolling checks for the whole unit. I said, no, no, you got to do one at a time, 
So he moved the first guy, drove off around the corner, not a problem. The second guy got stuck and then jammed the rest of the platoon behind him. So now that guy who's already moved is sat on his own in the open. Mm-hmm. So he dies. And the next turn, only three of them come around the corner and the rest of the platoon stuck behind the one who got stuck again. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's my first day. <laughs> yeah, well, but, that's, but that's the thing. It's, it's, it's super important to say this yeah. guy's going here. And then I know for infantry, it's not that much because it's much more of an organic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you can really get in your own way. And if you just play it sort of loose, you lose a lot of that penalty for having huge units. Yeah, we have that. It's why BMPs were, had a real good run to start Team Yankees because people weren't really playing correctly. And once you start playing, let's say, the rules right, those big blobs of BMPs got really unwieldy because, like say, you end up tripping over yourself. That kind of thing. Well, the, the other thing I found, I've only played that once, and that was at Reading, the huge um, infantry lines. And again, it goes back to that thing of, yeah, if you can find some way of condensing them, they don't, they, you know, they can't physically fit in yes. places. Mm. And you end up with stuff out of command and all over, you know, you've got, you've got real problems actually keeping some semblance of order on an, with advancing. Now, defending different kettle of fish, I think, um, but that's only trying to move it anywhere. You, you've got some inherent problems just on their size alone. Well, the other thing is you end up with your commander not being able to be in command range of the reroll. Correct, yeah. Because you've got too many infantry around him in this massive sphere of... Especially if you're using follow me, because he has to move first. And he can't move through his own guys. Correct. So he has to be at the front, which means that, yeah... He's take uh, half of his platoon with him because the rest are out of his command range. Yep, I found that with my Egyptians when I tried to do it, to speed them up. I was like, this is not actually helping. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're the big bad. I don't, I don't, I don't. I haven't played them in a defensive mission where you just got to shift. But then I think actually, if you've got the right tools again, just as you know, yeah, one or two batteries of artillery, they, they're going to be clumped together to some extent. You will just be able to batter them. They're not. Yes. If they're not going to move, you're just going to stomp them. The only time I went against them was in counter attack, and he. Defended his objective, but I just trundled over and took the other one. Yeah. Um, Rafael Antonio Rodriguez says, "Any questions in start? Sorry, any suggestions in starting out in version four? I'm a late war American player, but I've had my eye on the Churchill Guards Company from Red Banner. Oh, me too. My covetous eye Dude. lingered over it. Um, I think they're really good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a relatively cheap way to actually." By Soviets as well. Yes, very much. If you're so. going to tip your dip your toe in, then you don't get too many. Was it about? I think two boxes will probably get you most of what you need. I'd say so. I've got the red banner. So I've got it next to me. So Churchill is about. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah, so one Churchill is about nine. It's nine points basically. So yeah, you go. You you go use up your points fairly quickly. With, you know, get the yeah. HQ and a couple a, a couple of companies of Churchills. I mean, Churchill's a good though, right? Churchill's a good mid-war. Tank. Oh, I, I think, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's got your balance of armor eight seven two. You got your um, six pounder, which has got oh, in the same case, I haven't got HE, but who, who cares? Um, <laughs> not the same. It's still anti tank ten, which is what you're really after. Yes, it's not that fast, but hey, you know, you got you got time. Just just roll up. <laughs> and a good, good cross check, which is yeah, cross check two plus, which in the Soviet army is very handy. I think it's probably unique, actually, in the Soviet Army as well, isn't it? I don't think you, you've got quite a few threes, but nothing. Yeah, if it's um, anything else, it's, 
Yeah, until you get to the late KVs are two. Oh, KVs are two. Oh, okay. The, K, the KVS are two. So I think if 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 you're looking at doing Soviets, I think the the Churchill's nice. It's an it interesting is. painting project. Yeah. Um. I think. What would you take in support of them though, if you're a Soviet player? Um. Right. So you have. So the actual formation is just Churchills and KVS. It's just West. Churchills. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably yeah. take um. Uh, a a, a S and G company just to basically go you know, mow down anything the, the Churchills go. Yep. Maybe some Su seventy six years to give some artillery support and yep. light anti tank support. Katushas are so much fun. Katushas are fun, but I think the Su seventy six is more useful. I I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I think we had that discussion when we were looking at the books that the the self repelled um, AT oh sorry A um, artillery is is good. It's a little bit expensive when you get to the Su one two twos and one five twos, but yeah, but, but it's survivable against. It's very survivable. It can't be pinned. Yeah, it's it's based on a T thirty four KV chassis, isn't it as well? So it's not exactly like it rolls over and has its tummy tickled by stuff. What's that? <laughs> so one fifty two, yeah. So I mean, I yeah, I I would definitely if you're gonna if you're a late war US player, um, there's probably a lot of is there a lot of analogs? No, there's probably not actually. It's probably something quite unique. So it'd be good fun to try something different. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think talking to us three, no one, we're never going to say don't do that project. <laughs> what projects? Yeah, what's that? You want to do what? Yeah, that sounds awful. Don't do that. <laughs> Speaking of awful, uh, Adam Cox. Oh, God. Are medium tanks the way forward in mid war? The clues in the name, Adam, it's mid war. Mid weight, medium tanks. That's it. Job done. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not really sure either. I, I, I struggled. I think. I mean, I've got be. some horrible. I've got some horrible memories from Panzer Three companies. Um, you medium. I mean, like, because the heavy is so. Well, it used to be, and you know, just tigers. Now you've got everything. Okay, so if we if we're assuming mid war for the Germans, it's like a Panzer Panzer Three is medium. Panzer Four. It's medium, medium as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, it's like mm, okay. But then they're really oh, expensive still. They are really expensive. That's what the problem. Is. I mean, we had this discussion as well about Shermans. They are, they're good. They're good. But they are expensive, so you don't get many of them to the, to the yeah. pound, and they Especially do explode. So cheap to kill them. That's the issue. Is in the world of a reasonably cheap AT12 asset, is your Armour Six really going to stand up? I'm not convinced. Uh, so I, I mean, I took I took a medium tank company to um, Flames of Fez, and obviously I played two Churchill companies. I mean, a, a very anti-tank heavy British army. It's like yeah. it's uphill struggle. So I really wanted. I really like to say is mid, yes, mid war is yeah, mid medium tanks are the way to go mid war, but I, I think, think I'd be lying. <laughs> I think they I think they are. They just. It's just a struggle. You well, you you can't. You need you need to have that flexibility to have an answer for everything. Still, yeah, that's tr- you need quite, to take your one eighty. Quite tricky. Well, you can still take your one eighty eight. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people would leave that at home. You know, for me, it was it was the medium tanks with the tiger. That's true. And that I think what's happening is a lot of people are, are neglecting to take artillery or high anti tank, 
And before you could do that, but now you've got the heavies rolling around, you really need something. Yeah. You know, you need to <laughs> have an answer. My revised bits was all Panzer three L's and then three Martyrs backing them up to give me some higher neck tank was probably the way to go. The, the only thing I would say is that the the medium tank also str- struggles usually, especially for the Germans, of having the cursed four plus firepower, which will always let you down. Mm. You know, three plus is is so much more, or it feels so much more. You just need to order um, the dice, Duncan. Yeah, hold on. Where's Adams? I've, I've just got him off. You know what? It's terrifying. Just quickly, uh, I've got Adam on Facebook Messenger now. I just quit, communicate like that. I don't even bother going through the shop anymore. I'm just like Adam. I need this crack. <laughs> it's that time again. It's a new Give army my project. Six-sided crack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Six-sided crack. Yeah, but um, crack has got six sides. <laughs> also, good question, uh, Adam. As well, not too trolley. I uh, like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It's like you've grown as a person. Newly reformed. Exactly. Post, uh, post Grey Ferdinand. Post Grey Ferdinand. Well, post them to you. You want them. That's what you're saying. Pun? No. <laughs> Get that um, filth off the table. Uh, right. Next one. Moving on to the events that we are looking forward to uh, either attending or hearing about. Um, if you, if listeners at home, if you have any events that you want us to uh, promote for you then just send us um, a message on the facebook group or email me at fez at breakthrough assault so, look breakthrough need more rum at breakthroughassaults.co.uk and uh, we can add them to our list um not free promotion to the three people who listen to our podcast they may yeah. be in your area be able to come up um the next one we've got is on the 16th of march is operation magistral which is, is that right? No. <laughs> Have I said that right? I, I don't know. Lee, you did the artwork. Magistral? I think, I think it's Magistral, yeah. It is Magistral, okay. I, I, I had to write it, not pronounce it. <laughs> oh. oh, oh dear. Oh no. Um, which is 75 points, red versus blue, and that is a World War Three Team Yankee event up in Scotland. Um, I think it's three games over the one day, and you can find more information about that on Facebooks. Um, after that, on the 24th and 25th of March, it's the Bonograd Midwar game um, at Battlefield Hobbies, which is 100 points of Midwar Flames of War. Uh, in May, at a date to be decided after I moved house, is Sun Sand at SMGs, which is going to be our one-day Midwar Desert event, uh, which is going to be red versus blue at Guildford. Uh, stay tuned for a date. I will get you one as soon as I can. Um, and then the 20th and 21st of July is the Attack War Game Show at Devizes uh, in... Is that in Devon? It's Wiltshire, I Wiltshire. believe. The Wiltshire-Devon border. It's very close, isn't it? Um, which is 110 points mid-war uh, with the option of taking a red and a blue list so that you don't have to play blue-on-blue games. Um, I like that. I'm exceedingly excited to go play in so much so I even already bought my ticket. And how many points? How many points is it? Uh, 110 points. 110. All the toys. List all of the tigers. Yep. All of the time. Still only three. Still only three tigers. Yes, but you do get artillery and planes. Maybe you get other stuff, which is the novelty. Put in that throffy list I sent to you guys. <laughs> I know there's tigers. There's definitely tigers in it, and there was definitely 
Oh, but depends when it is. <laughs> oh, I did put the snookers in. Oh, no. But I did put wesps. Three tigers, three wesps, two eight rads, uh, armoured panzer grenadier platoon, and then the pure luck card just to make Mark Goddard blood spill. That card. That's that's quite a nice run, this actually. You got a bit of everything in there. I I thought. How many wesps did you say you had? Was it three? Three. Three, yeah. Yeah, it's the the smaller battery. It's it's really good because you're obviously not paying for the extra hole that you don't need for. The full barrage, and they're ten point five, so they're not they're little. They're not like my twenty five pounds. I got three up on barbed firepower, so yeah, they do. Yeah, they are tasty. Yeah, yeah boy, tasty. Um, I was tempted. See, if I had schleppers, <laughs> I have enough models that I could do. I could proxy the schleppers for wesps, and do it as both desert and east front. Hmm. Okay. So it'd be like depending on the board we're playing, you could just put out a completely differently painted army. Right, <laughs> some might say that was excessive. I would say it was a collection. <laughs> well, if you want to borrow some slappers. Ooh. Yeah, I've got you some. Have one, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. That's not too much of a jump, is it, to say that schleppers are west? Do you know what? Even better than that, I could, well, no, they probably won't actually mate. If I've got the schleppers for twenty first pounds in Normandy, so I've got them with one oh fives on as well. Oh, are we doing that? I, I did what? just find the other three tigers. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, that would be awesome. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yes. So that's that's the current events coming up in the UK over the next couple of months. Hmm. Boys. Nice. Anything else to add? Good question. No, so next time we might be looking at, I guess, Great Wall. Yeah, we'll I think we should post embargo for that. Oh, much excite. <laughs> but no, apart from that, I think we're all tickety what's it. Okay, so we've uh, deployed from ambush. Yep. We have completely fluffed all of our shooting. <laughs> as, as per usual, yep. Duncan, I don't know why you've mistaken target onto the uh, the KV one with your bazooka, yep. but yeah, have it. Um... Oh no, that's bounced. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a one in six chance. Oh, yeah, well, is, oh, oh. now time to shoot and scoot. What rating are we going to be? I thought it was a pretty I think good show. Been... Yeah, I think we've been very professional. Yeah, yeah. full plus skill. We had... Four plus, Ooh. it's got to be. Yeah, four plus. I've got a bit ranty in the middle. We're never going to say we're veteran, are we? So. <laughs> no. We've got a five. We've done it. Yes. yes. Nice. Look and, at that. And then a three plus cross check. Oh. <laughs> Is that for I've Eddie's one? I've got the two. Oh. Yeah, my comment stuck in the open, revealing the entire platoon. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's fallen over going to the toilet. He's <laughs> like against the... the what, the, uh, the the Reich's most numerous defence, a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn you, Forrest. Damn you, Forrest. I'm taking wood elves. I'm going to take nothing but elves to the next tournament. It'll be just trees. <laughs> trees everywhere, as far as I can see. Oh, 
The armoured train wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies, four failed cross-checks and a company of burning comets. I just remember what it sounds like, so I'm all right. Yeah, that's it. How'd, how'd it go? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like every other Manic Street Preacher song. Yeah. Maudlin. Maudlin, oh, okay. Whiny Welsh Socialists. <laughs> <laughs> what does this new album sound like? Well, <laughs> a bit awkward, but you know, our previous stuff. Oh, no. Cut the feed! Cut the feed! Wait, no, Fez is controlling the feed! Ah! <laughs> How's this been allowed to happen? <laughs>